Hi, everyone. This is Sean, your host of The Lux Files. And with me today, I have the founder of Weird Moon Rising podcast, Wade Odinson, a good friend of mine. So, Wade, say hello. 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 I, you know, that's a, like, thank you for that well-researched introduction. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> that was weeks of research. On weeks. Yeah. Weeks. Yep uh yeah we've been rising pretty cool yeah how you doing today man i'm good how are you uh you know it's i'm lying i'm tired i'm tired i'm so <laughs> tired i'm so tired isn't I... it aren't these aren't these like manufactured intros so fun like yeah. everybody knows that we've talked beforehand yeah and but we're doing it anyway because Wait, what the hell we've met what? <laughs> what's going on no, I'm tired. I, I, uh, I've been working hard. The past two days have been really, really busy. And I did not sleep at all well last night. I ended up going to bed, I think, at 2. And the last time I looked at the clock was like 5.30 in the morning. Ooh. And then uh, I, I slept till 9.30. So, yeah, no, I'm not good. I'm good. Yeah, I, you know, it's whatever. You know what? I'm not good because I'm out of alcohol, actually. Well, I got, I know, I know. I saw, I saw, I saw that. I saw your beer and I'm like, great. Well, you're just going to, uh, this is, this is just, this is just go juice for me. I am yeah. like, I'm from Wisconsin. I so like, I'm, I'm basically immune to alcohol at this point. You're from alcohol. So or you're from alcohol <laughs> you're from Wisconsin. So that would make you my bottom. That's correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're because you're in Ontario, right? Yeah, um, Thunder Bay. So like, okay. just like that's just like a four-hour drive north of uh, Duluth. Yeah, I've been to I've been to Thunder Bay. Really? Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Sorry. I've spent a, I've spent a lot of time in Canada. Actually, I love yeah. it up there. Yeah, it's great. Uh, the only places in Canada I haven't really been is I haven't been, um, like much of Western Canada. Right. But I really want to. Um, uh, I really want to go to uh, Calgary. Okay. I've never been west of um, the Ontario-Manitoba border. Like, I've been to more places in the States than I have mm. in Canada. That was mostly, like, um, first traveling with my father uh, in the summers when I was out of school. Um, but then I moved to Texas um for work back in 2008 and i had to travel around a lot um so yeah so i've seen a lot more of the states than i have of canada even hmm. yeah yeah I'm, i've only ever been in like canada wise i've only ever been in ontario and quebec but those are two really really large provinces so that yes. basically makes up like half of canada so right oh certainly population wise at least yeah. Um, yeah. I was, I was in last time I, I was in Ottawa. I was, uh, I was in Ottawa and I was like, I'm, I'm like Montreal's right there. Mm -hmm. And so we just took a day trip just so I could go to Montreal and eat all the good. Oh, Montreal's fantastic. When I lived in Ottawa, uh, cause it's only like a two hour drive. And yeah. so we used to go, um, to Montreal quite a bit and, um, uh, company that I worked for, 
they're they were headquartered in uh montreal so have to go there those are the best work trips always the best like um i i've only ever been to new york city on work trips and everyone's like (laughs) oh that's unfortunate because you don't get to see anything i'm like no we there's plenty of time to see things but it's paid for by the company well i was just going to say the thing is that limos and hotels right and food and alcohol and not a penny of mine spent you know what right. i mean That's awesome. so, yeah, yeah 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 and uh uh this company that i work for uh put us up in this amazing um this the company um that was headquartered in in montreal um this amazing boutique hotel five star amazing oh just luxury 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 bougie as shit oh totally completely completely it was one of those um hotels where like the hotel bar is is populated by all the like business people after work yeah 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 and and schmoozing and uh yeah very chic very nice and again not a penny of mine spent so fine with me I, i i used to work um for like a super high end, like boutique menswear company, Re- like they, we were like a reseller. Okay. So we would buy last season stuff in bulk at a discount, and then right. we would sell it on the internet, right? Right. Um, and there was this one year where um, they wanted us. Brioni wanted to wanted to bring us out to Italy. Oh. And so it was like, fuck, I'm going to Italy on the company's dime. Fuck yeah, let's do yeah. that. Yeah. Oh I know. Oh my God, the seafood. Oh. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, you know, I I, I like um <laughs> I like working for myself. I, I like being my own boss. You know, it, it has its obvious perks. Right. Um glamorous business trips are not one of them anymore. No, no. <laughs> But we're getting old, so like we're 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 past that stage, you know. Are we? I think so. Really? I f- I feel old. Not me. <laughs> Give me the glamour, baby. Give me the glamour. Oof. As I flick my non-existent hair. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, anyways, enough about that and our our and our glamorous luxury pasts. As I sit in my basement here. Yeah, well, it's a nice basement, though. Yeah, this is my ritual room. Um, this is where yeah. I make all of my products. And I have, uh, like, this is the only room in the house that has a fireplace. So I have, like, a little, like, uh, sitting area here next to the fireplace. Um, my my desk. Um, well, this, this desk originally, uh, my father made it for me. Um, when I was working on my grimoire, like, I... Uh, do like like illuminating manuscripts oh i love like, like, like medieval manuscripts yeah that's so um, cool yeah so um i i wanted a like a like a, a like a workspace just for that um but like a, like but make it nice not just like some crappy you know just utilitarian table so my father made me a really nice desk and that's that turned into my like working ultra like where i do my tarot readings and i make all my products and whatnot so yeah this little corner i just like a little sitting area um you know when i like do my like read my my 
magic books and do my studying and whatnot. You know, I can do it down here and be all cozy by the fire and which is nice. Yeah. 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 So sounds like a, a heavenly place. Yeah. And it's a good size room too. It's pretty big for a, for a ritual room. So it does the trick. So, yep. Anyways, that's enough about me. No one's here to listen to me talk about my life. Because <laughs> I'm not I'm not interesting or anything. I am interesting. I'm, I'm pretty amazing actually. I think you're interesting. Oh, I'm I'm incredibly interesting. I'm so amazing. Um it's just it's you know, it just oozes off me. <laughs> but <laughs> like syphilis. Like syphilis, yeah. It oozes <laughs> off me like syphilis, but I'm like herpes, I never really go away. So, cheers, everyone. Slancha. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, no, everyone knows about me. So, uh, let's stop talking about me and we're going to talk about you. So, as all of my listeners and viewers know, I like to um, learn as much about the people that I'm talking to as possible. And so, I like to go right back to the beginning, uh, sure. like that, that one moment or you know like those series of moments that kind of set you on your magical slash spiritual path and I always like to start there and then you know um drag you through your life up until like half an hour ago I've been dragged enough in my life thank you (laughs) um I don't know uh it's 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 weird uh Uh, yeah yeah, well yes always everything else um because like i was raised irish catholic like strict irish catholic like you probably can't see it on this this camera maybe but i still have scars on my knuckles from oh did you go to rulers school yeah 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 my parents went to catholic school my mother um, she was really adamant when she had us kids that she was like, they're not going through Catholic school. Um, we went to church a bit when I was a kid, but not that much. And that didn't really last. My parents were pretty big on letting us kind of choose our own path, you know, as we became adults. So I didn't, I didn't get that strict, like, catholic school upbringing church every sunday religiously or whatnot so yeah i i was a i was a fucking hellraiser as a kid um i don't I was that for a second yeah wearing a fucking bad like a shitty torn up bad religion shirt right now um i was kicked out of catholic school by the end of first grade wow because I was like, I was not having it. Like, you're going to hit me with a ruler? I'm going to throw a chair at your ass. Okay, Alistair Crowley. Yeah, well, I just I, I just wasn't, like, it was just, it, it was too fucking strict, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I got pulled out, and they put me in public school, and public school actually did me a world of good. Um, and I think that my, I was raised mostly by my grandparents. Okay. Um, and I think that while my grandmother objected, my grandfather realized that the strict Catholic living was not going to be good for me. And so they kind of eased off on it. They were like, let's just let Wade be Wade. <laughs> um, and that was, that was good. Ultimately, um, it was like 
second grade, I found this tiny little book, like a little folio, but it was like big and pictures, you know, like a second grader book, right? Right. Um, but it had all this stuff in it about like cryptids and astral projection and uh, mythology. And I was, I was obsessed with this book. You remember what, what it was called? I don't. Okay. I don't. Where'd you if get I, it? My, my classroom. So because I was kicked out of my previous school, public school decided that I should be in a special program for emotionally disturbed children. <laughs> <laughs> it fits. Yeah. Yeah. It, they were not wrong. It was, yeah. it was for the best, but one of the things uh, they had all these special programs and stuff. And so you could earn reading time. Okay. So we had a little library in the classroom. And so <clears throat> I wanted nothing more than to just spend my time reading. Cause even by second or third grade, I was a voracious reader. So you had like a library in your classroom. Yeah. Like you guys were completely isolated from like the rest of the school. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Huh. Uh, we even, let me tell you how nuts this classroom was. We even had, um, <laughs> this is going to sound like child abuse and it was, <laughs> um, we had, a, a like a vault room in the classroom for kids who were acting like acting way out and the teachers would throw them in there and then close the door and it did not open from the inside oh my god hey it's the 80s baby I, yeah 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 but i i because i was such a voracious reader that was my motivation and luckily my teacher recognize this so basically the rules all went out the window as soon as i was done with my homework she just let me go and hang out in the library right um i think i read probably every book on that shelf i was in that classroom until fifth grade um and i i think i read every book on that shelf by the end of third grade Okay. I mean, I had finished the Lord of the Rings by the time I had finished third grade. Wow. Um, which looking back on it, I don't know how I slogged through all that fucking yeah. poetry. Yeah. <laughs> Those Elven songs and shit. But yeah, I like just because of that, I I I just because of that one little book I had all of this interest in all sorts of occulty nonsense mm. um, and was really into like horror films and stuff as a fourth grader. Yeah. Um, my parents did not filter my television or movies. And I loved like at that age, I love, and I still do loved horror movies but they would give me the worst nightmares and I would wake up screaming like blood curling screams, but they, they never were like, Oh, you know what? We got to cut that out of his, like, he can't watch these movies. And it was, ne wasn't that it was, I don't know. They, it was just like, they, they treated it as normal. Okay. He had a nightmare. He woke up screaming. 
we jump out of bed, tell him it's okay, and that's fine. And next weekend he'll watch more horror movies. Like, but it, it was the eighties. Like, yeah, right. You know, we were raised um, different. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. And I don't think I don't know if it's for the better, honestly. Um, no. I, I, yeah, I never had that. Like, I never, I never had nightmares. I never had, I would like, you know, I would watch like, you know, Friday the 13th part two. And then I would just go straight to bed and sleep the sleep of angels. Yeah. And it would be fine. No, the um, nightmares were the best part though. The, the nightmares were the best part because like I'm experiencing something scary so much like it's scary enough watching the movie as a kid but to be in a nightmare scenario where you think you're in it um that's the best part i mean i love having nightmares even now i love <laughs> having really bad dreams really freaky ass dreams see uh, i don't dream i ever? never remember like my you dreams. never ever never. remember your dreams wow. um, if i do on the rare occasions that i do um they almost always come true. Okay. Uh, so I, if I if I wake up in the morning and I remember a dream, um, that's usually a bad sign for yeah. me. <laughs> I have dreams that are so vivid. Like I'll wake up and I'll I'll sit there for a minute, being like, "That was a dream, right? Like that, this isn't a memory. Like that was a dream. You know, they're so vivid." that it, it takes me it can take me a while to really remember who you are and be able to separate and be like no 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 this was just a this was just a dream yeah i wish i could i had that kind of active dream life but i just don't hmm, interesting you know i was uh, talking to uh my friend fratter rc he's he has a podcast uh the magic without fears podcast and he was the first person i interviewed um, for my podcast, because uh, I had recently um, uh, reconsecrated all of my tools, and um, he had asked me, uh, like, if I ever slept with them, and hmm. you know, and I, I've seen it recommended, but I, I said no because you know you should try it. I'm like, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't know why I never bothered. What's the worst that could happen? Well, what's the worst that can happen? Um, but I, and, you know, like I said, like it, it's a recommendation and I know it's a recommendation, but it never, never really thought of it. Like, oh, I should try this. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm going to give this a try. And I kind of expect, because my dreams are so vivid, I kind of expect it to have even more vivid dreams because right. I'm either going to wake up in the morning feeling like I, and I mean, even if we don't remember our dreams, we've dreamt. Right. Like, yeah. I, I realize that, but I'm either going to wake up in the morning feeling like I didn't have any dreams or waking up remembering my dreams very vividly. Like there's, there's no halfway point with my dreams. So I, I did a course, um, you know, one tool um, for four nights and then I decided I would do it again and then do it a third time. And, um, like tonight will be the last tool of the third time that I'm going to stop. Oh, you're in this, you're in this process now. Yeah. And I was, so I was saying to him, I'm like, you know, what's strange about it is that I know 
it's not that I'm waking up not feeling like I didn't dream and I'm not waking up remembering these vivid dreams. I'm waking up knowing I've dreamt, but not knowing what I've dreamt about, but feeling that I was busy. Interesting. Yeah. And he found that really interesting. And last night I was saying to you, like I had a really hard time um, getting to sleep. Like I went to right. bed too, and I toss and turn till sometime after 5.30 in the morning. And I was doing my water cup, sleeping with my water cup last night. And I realized at around 5.30 that the last time, the first time I slept with the water cup, I was fine. The second time I slept with it, I had a really hard time falling asleep. Last night, I, I shouldn't say I tossed and turned. I did sleep briefly. I woke up with that same feeling of, I know I dreamt. I just don't know what I dreamt of. And now I'm tossing and turning, tossing and turning. And it finally dawned on me. I'm like, you know what? I wonder if it's the water cup. Because this happened to me the last time I slept with the water cup. So I got up. And I put it on my altar, laid down, and boom. Out like a light. No, no. No? No, I laid down, and the second my head hit the pillow, what I was dreaming about that I couldn't remember hit me. Ah. And then I was out like a light. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's it's strange. It's just, I expected, because um, like I said, my dreams are really vivid. And when I asked to travel, you know, like um, uh, photo editing software, how you can play with like the saturation and, yeah. you know, you can kind of make the colors like like vivid and, and over, overly saturated. That's kind of what I, I, I see when I asked to travel. So I was expecting something, you know, more visually significant that I would remember. So the fact that I don't remember anything, but know that something was going on, I just find strange because that's not normal for me. Well, that's, that's yeah. I mean, I, you, you have a process, right? And so you have, you have uh, an expectation and then you have, and a, and a way that you go about your sleep business. Yeah. Um, and then you threw an unknown element into it and it yeah. fucked everything up. Which is fine. It's great. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I say this a lot, um, almost, you know, it's almost cliche. I say this so much, like, you don't know unless you try. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's like, well, what's the worst that can happen? Well, something really bad could happen, but I'm not going to know unless I try. So I'm going to give it a try. And I gave it a try and um, the results were, were interesting. But anyways, back to you. Little Hellraiser with your books. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, I was really into baseball as a kid. Um, my grandfather was a triple-A pitcher. Okay. For the Chicago Cubs um, in his youth. Oh, wow. Um, and so he loved baseball. Right. And he taught me, he taught me the nastiest sinker. Um, I, it's, it's, it's a thing of brutality. 
Um, so I have no idea what you're talking about. That's fine. Like that's you fine. just you just went from English to Greek. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know, like a sinker, sinker. Okay, yeah, a sinker. Okay, so okay. picture the trajectory of a baseball as it moves. It goes like this. Mm-hmm. A sinker does this. Okay, it, it travels forward, and then the spin eventually accumulates, and the air moving against it right. causes right. it to keep spinning. So it descends at a a rapid rate okay okay uh it is hell it is hell for a batter to hit that right because you never know you never because it at on first glance it just looks like a slow fastball um but yeah like so baseball was a big part of me my growing up um and then eventually i think it was like and I only mention this because ancestor work is a big part of my practice. Right. Um, and my, you know, like a lot, a ton of it is uh, reverence for my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's why I'm a chef. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of everything for me. Right. Um, but it's, yeah, I don't know. And I think it was about sixth or seventh grade when I finally, I went to my grandparents. I was like, uh, I don't, I'm not really into this whole Catholicism thing. I don't really, I don't really like this. Um, and my grandmother being the more stern one um, was pretty mad about that. Uh, but my grandfather was like, oh, do what you got to do, right? Yeah. Because um, he was a, he was a, he was a very practical dude. I mean, this yeah. is a Pearl Harbor survivor we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. He's like, who cares? He likes baseball. That's all that really matters. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, my grandfather was, you know, despite being an actual, like, despite being part of the greatest generation, um, like, he was a pretty progressive dude. He didn't really, you know, he let me figure out who the hell I wanted to be. Um, which, you know, bless. Yeah. Um, as far as like the occult stuff goes, uh, it was probably, you know, I had always maintained an interest. Um, and I was reading mythology books and stuff as a kid constantly, of course. Um, but everything that you could, everything that I could find then was from like a, a, a historical yeah. standpoint, yeah. you know? Um, and I, I, I wasn't yet aware of things like witchcraft and, and stuff of that nature. Was until, there like, when you were reading these books on mythology, was there any that really stood out at that time for you? Sure. Yeah. I was, uh, I was really, really, really drawn to Thor. Oh, so even from that early age. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The Norse stuff really sang to me okay. early on. Um, and that's funny because it's funny to me that Thor is my gateway into the Norse because Thor and I have a not good relationship. Okay. Uh, we are not friends. Okay. Uh, um, we're not enemies. Okay. Exactly. So but... We'll definitely get to that part of the story. Absolutely. Cause I want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I was really into the Norse stuff. Um, 
and Marvel Comics helped with that a lot. Yeah. You know, that was sort of my intro that that steered me towards yeah. Yeah. the Norse. Um, I mentioned this is this in an office hours literally last night. Um, um, oh, it was that, the pop, it was the pop culture one, wasn't it? Sure yeah. was. Yeah, sure was. Um, that like one of the things that stood out to me um, in Marvel Comics in the eighties is that everybody in their little you know talky bubbles has the same font in the eighties, mm -hmm. except Thor. He's got this like old English, like stylized script. Uh, okay. And I, I always, I always thought that was really interesting as a kid. Cause I was like, well, why does this guy get his own font? Like, what's, right. how do, what does this do? And I, you know, they, they mentioned him being like a God and all that stuff. And so I, you know, that kind of led to uh, some of that research. Um, I really liked the Egyptians growing up. I really like, I mean, I liked all of it. Um, I, I was, I was voracious, but it, like, again, this is the eighties and the early nineties. So like, even, even from a historical standpoint, we didn't have great stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think it was like, I think it was a freshman in high school. So this is like 1995, 94. Mm -hmm. um, I had, ta I had taken at this point that I would, I would just go to like small bookstores and look at stuff. And I started kept being drawn towards the new age stuff. And so finally on a lark, I just picked up a book and I bought it. And that was Starhawk's Spiral Dance. Oh, I like that book. I do as well. In fact, it was the, um, I just recently took an apprentice and it was literally the first book that I sent them. Okay. Because I was like, this was the start of my journey. You should read this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. Um, and it, you know, like, I read, you know, and I, you know, I read the Cunninghams and I read all the, literally the entire Llewellyn catalog at that time. And yeah. anything I'd get my hands on, like, it was to the point that, like, the owners of the bookstore that I went to knew me. Mm -hmm. And we're just ordering books just for me. You, right. Like, not, not knowing what they were, they were just like, here's another one from that guy that you like. Yeah. Great. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I eventually wound up working at that bookstore for Christ's yeah. sake. Um, and it was about this time uh, in 94, 95 when I, um, I met my coven. Started getting an interest in Wicca. Um, things of that nature. Like, what do you mean you met your coven? Like, was was it a coven, like an, an established coven, or you yeah. met your? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it was an established coven with complete with a Wiccan high priest and priestess. Okay. Um, like, like from like a like uh, a Golden Dawn lineage. Like it had a strong lineage all the way up. Okay. Um, and. I, uh, this is stuff I didn't know at the time, of course. Um, I just thought, hey, there's a bunch of these cool old witches and they want to hang out with me. Okay. Mm. Maybe I'll learn some stuff. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I basically spent four years learning from them. Um, and then in 1999, I got initiated as a priest of Wicca, which is too young. So you would have been 18. 18. Okay. Yeah. Too young. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It, it, like the high priest really liked me um, and really pushed for it really hard. Um, and the high priest just kind of pushed back. She didn't really, you know, because it was her belief that I was too young. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't know. They just went with it. And uh, my initiation was a shit show. <laughs> Why? Um, so, like, right, without, so, without without betraying common secrets, of course not. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I actually don't give a shit about common secrets. Um, but um, <laughs> lawsuit, your, lawsuit, lawsuit. Hit stop. No, I'm just kidding. Fuck your inner counsel. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, it's supposed to be during the initiation that the great horn one appears mm -hmm. that is not what happened uh i got odin instead okay and my coven was uh what's the word fucking mad they were none too pleased about this um so the whole initiation technically i'm an initiated priest of wicca but ah. Uh, uh, so, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> who, who are you to decide? I mean, you know, if Odin comes calling, you know, what are you supposed to do? Be like, uh, no, thank you. Like, can you please leave someone else? I'm expecting someone else. <laughs> right. Yes. And, and, and no lie. That's what I did. Oh, okay. I told Odin no. I was like, uh-uh. Like, you're not supposed to be here. I don't know what this is. Fuck off, kindly. Mm. Um, but <clears throat> so that raised a lot of contention within the coven. It's um, like, you got to leave. My grinder hookup's going to be here in like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that really, that raised a lot of contention in the coven. And it was just further proof that like, I was young and, you know, whatever. Um, and then once that happened, I started to see, uh, like, we would, we would travel to other areas of Wisconsin at the time, um, and work with other covens and things of that nature. Um, so and that's when I visit circle sanctuary at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's when I started seeing the cracks in the wall. Um, I started seeing the the um, the um, power abuses and uh, like what like specifically in your coven or just in like the the community in general in in the community in general my coven was pretty solid honestly okay. uh, all good people all around yeah um, but yeah within the community you would I, I started seeing like old dudes taking young girls under their wing grooming them you know yeah. you know the shit 
Yeah. Um, and it happens in it happens in occult circles all the time. Yeah, of course it does. And I hate it. Mm. Um, and so once I started seeing that, I was like, well, this is this is some bullshit. Like, why doesn't why isn't anybody fixing this? Why isn't this being addressed? Mm. Um, and that's sort of when I walked away from Wicca. And I started doing like serious business research into um, uh, Norse heathenry, Asatru, things of that nature. I still had not accepted Odin's calling, right? Mind you, um, but I was I was getting more interested in that side of things. And as I was getting interested in that and ingratiating myself into these various little heathen circles, this is like. 2001 somewhere in that range and there's not a lot of at that time there's not a lot of publications about heathenry um there's you know like dj conway's norse magic which was basically you know 90s wicca with yeah norse names so i mean that's not gonna do any good so with like you know getting into the heathenry was it a was it a challenge or were there a couple of really good books out at that time? So there were no books. Um, I didn't think so. But the good thing is, uh, so I had a couple of people online on like little IRC channels and things mm-hmm. of that nature um, that would talk to me about stuff and sort of point me in the right direction. And that's when I found the Poetic Eddas. The, the which? The Poetic Eddas. Oh, okay. Um, which are... It's basically the the poetic eddas and the prose eddas are basically the two big books for Norse mm-hmm. heathenry. Um, there are some um, there's some other stuff that are considered classics um, um, and things of that nature, but those are the two big ones. Right. Um, and because I had always been a reader, and because I had done the Tolkien slog when I was in third grade, the medieval poetry of the of the eddas was not that difficult for me yeah um and so that's that's where i got all my education is i just basically just slogged my way through this shit um and so uh, you know i'm interacting with um north spaces and things of that nature and getting educated and i go and i meet up with a small group of heathens in the backwoods of wisconsin and they are all the most racist, fascist motherfuckers walking the planet. Well, that's what I was going to ask, because back then, I don't recall the the way it is today, like um, where you, you think heathenry and you automatically go to white supremacy, fascist and whatnot. So right. that's what that's what I was going to ask you. Um at what point did you, were you like, oh, there's this problematic element in heathenry, but you got that right at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so how did you tap dance around that? Like, I mean, I would have been killed. Because so <laughs> I would I would have walked in with my eyebrows and, and been like, <laughs> hey, boys. And they would have been like, oh, great. We have our sacrifice for tonight. Right. Um, so the, the, the good thing is parallel to all of this other stuff, 
I'm going to shitty underground punk rock shows. You know, I'm getting drunk at 16. Um, and racism and fascism is a uh, solved problem in punk rock in that if you see a racist, you beat his ass. So they like they know that they are not welcome in those spaces. Right. They still try for some fuck. Even now they still try and I don't understand it. Um, but I knew enough about fascist culture, um, mostly from uh, interacting with the Sharps. Um, do you know what a Sharp is? Uh, okay, I guess for the uh, benefit of yourself and your listeners, um, Sharps are like, Sharps are skinheads. Okay. But they're like the really cool anti-fascist skinheads. Um, they're like the opposite okay. side of this. Right. And they're actually the originator of this, the originators of the skinhead movement within punk rock. Um, Why are they called sharps? It's an anagram for something um, that I can't think of off the top of my head right now. Um, but the sharp, like skinheads were around on in, in the UK and on the East Coast and a little bit in the Midwest. Right. Um, and then the whole thing got subverted by fucking Nazis. Yeah, because um, because wasn't like the skinhead movement, like weren't they more like anarchists? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very much so. Yeah. Um, but I mean that's punk rock. Yeah. Um, but because it was an anarchist movement, it was easy to be co-opted by by Nazis, right? Yeah, so, for sure. Um, which is boy, for all of you anarchists listening, uh watch that shit. It's easy to take over your spaces. Um, but because I had interacted with the Sharps, I knew enough of the, the fascist talking points that I was able to like, you know, we're like, I'm at this heathen ritual and we're like halfway through it. And they're talking about like purity of race and all that. Sh- so I'm just like, I'm just muttering under like, like, half-assing my way through this ritual like right. trying not to trying desperately to not get my ass beat you know because yeah. i'm this skinny goth punk rocker from you know the middle of nowhere wisconsin mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so yeah like as soon as the ritual was done i was like all right that was cool peace i'm out <laughs> <laughs> and uh that wound up being um double active because at that point i just walked away i walked away from heathenry i walked away from witchcraft i walked away from everything well that's that's quite the double whammy i mean you walk away from wicca because you're seeing this predatory behavior and you run right smack dab into white supremacists it's it's kind of like like for fuck's sakes give me a break you know right and and yeah it was just like i was like okay clearly something is wrong with this fucking system yeah uh, everything everything around me is fucked um all this all this witchcraft bullshit is they're just hiding predators and fascists and assholes yeah and i don't want anything to do with it um and so like i went into the atheist salt mines as i call it um and i spent a long time there mm-hmm. um and it's not like i wasn't still reading you know, I was still keeping up on like 
occult and paranormal stuff. Right. I just wasn't treating it like a calling anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spent of interest. Yeah, yeah. It was just like it was just like oh, a book on cryptids. I guess I'll pick that up. Yeah. You know, because at that's at this point, it's like two thousand four, something like that. And I don't know. I just I was reading. At this point, at this point in my life, like right now, I read about 150 books a year. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, uh, because I was distracted by extracurriculars, read women, drugs, and booze and punk rock, uh, I was probably down to about 25. Um, and I don't know, I, I enjoyed my time. Uh, in atheism like i i have a christopher hitchens tattoo on my arm i am i hope never offensive by accident Mm -hmm. um like i was even an anti-theist for a while okay Uh, but like can you blame me really well no i mean though you know like i said like you had like a double whammy there you know And like, I still, I still respect and revere Christopher Hitchens uh, for his mind and for his wit mm-hmm. and for his ability to drink like a goddamn fish. Um, but like, I'm not an atheist anymore. Right. And I, I, I look back at, I look back now at a lot of the atheist heroes that I had um, in the aughts and the mm-hmm. uh, um mid 2010s and stuff like that and i was i look back i look at them now and i'm like the fuck because they're just as bad a lot of them like oh of of course Uh, dawkins like dawkins is off his fucking rocker and he's turned into a turf mm -hmm. fucking sam harris is blatantly racist and against like muslims like it's just like what the fuck yeah um but you know, I had such a such an extreme response to those two things that I went hard swing the other way, and I missed the cues that were happening on the atheist side. Yeah, like a dumb, stupid kid, you know. Um, and then some shit happened, and I started reading. Um, uh, someone who was um, training to be uh, a Santarios okay. priest. Um, and we, we initially sort of, we didn't, we did not see eye to eye on their spiritual side, but we decided that we liked each other enough that we were just going to ignore it. Um, and he went to Cuba and he came back and he was like, hey, I want to do a divination for you. And I was like, sure, fine. Um, and he does this divination. And he looks right at me and he goes, Odin wants to know why you haven't talked to him. What, what form of divination was it? Uh, cowrie shells. Okay. And I was like, what do you mean Odin wants to know why I haven't talked to him? 
and he goes, I, I don't know if you're, if you're, let's, we'll just assume a lot of your listeners don't know. Um, without giving away the store here um, to our Santarios um, brothers and sisters, but the uh, the initiation into into Vodun Santareo uh, is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's like a seven day affair. Like they are, they strip you of everything that you are. Um, and apparently, because Odin couldn't reach me, he decided to go bother my partner when they were getting initiated. Mm-hmm. So. My partner basically told him, okay, fine, I'll tell him. Now leave me alone and let me do this. And yeah, that was that. Um, that was a couple of years ago. Now I'm back, baby. <laughs> so, so you. you I know it was get- a big info dump there. Sorry. No, no, that's, that's why we're here. I mean, that's, that's the whole point of this podcast. Um, but so you have this divination done and Odin's like, dog, where the fuck have you been? And you're like, okay, fine. So then what, like, I mean, what, what's that process like to sort of, to, you know, cause you went, like, like you said, you went from, you know, a swinging pendulum from one side all the way to the other. And now you have to find your way back. but under like a more specific i don't want to say system or tradition something like that but like you know it's you know like odin's like i'm a big part of your life so how do you you know so there's a there's a so technically speaking this is my third calling from odin right there was a second calling i don't talk about it it's it's nasty um uh, there's literally one person walking the planet and knows about my second calling. Um, so this is my third calling. And three is a very important number in Norse heathenry. And you don't tell the Allfather no three times. Right. So the next day, I went and I bought a bottle of mead and I sat down. Um, and I meditated and I had a conversation with Odin and basically how I eventually wound up coming back is that we had to set strict terms on the deal. Um, and this, this moment, that day of having that bottle of mead and sharing it with Odin, um, was has shaped my practice going forward. Mm. Um, we had very strict uh, strict rules for how this deal was going to work. Um, and but the biggest one, the most important one, was that I am was it gets a little weird a little later on. But at the time, I would be responsible for actively trying to root out fascism and racism within North circles. And if I can deconvert anybody, awesome. Right. Like the, those are the big wins. 
Um, and, you know, there's some other stuff, but, you know, the details of that pact are my own. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the big one. And it was, uh, it was a deal I could get behind. Um, and so that's what I started doing. I started like, you know, I had been away a long time. So I started like gently um, digging into occult spaces and things of that nature, probing a little bit, mm -hmm. um, just trying to get my feet under me, you know? Um, and then it was 2020 and everything went on fire. <laughs> What what happened in, in 2020? I don't I don't yeah, I know it's a lost what? year, right? What? Um but like the George Floyd stuff happened and there's protests everywhere, and then of course the fucking chuds are coming out to counter protest, and it's turning into this whole fucking thing. Mm -hmm. Um the restaurant that I had been working in closed in March thanks to COVID. And I found myself with an abundance of free time. Mm -hmm. So I hit the streets. Um, I have two successful deconversions under my belt um, of Proud Boys, specifically okay. Proud Boys. Okay. Um, one just walked away and one joined our side. Okay. Um, and I was very, very proud of both of those. Yeah. Because, um, like, if I see somebody, here's the thing. It's, it's such a prevalent problem within North Circles that if I see somebody with a Mjolnir necklace, I'm immediately on edge. Right. I don't know, because I don't know anything about you. All I know is you're wearing that and you're a potential problem. Yeah. Um. So those are the ones when I, when I, during the George Floyd protests, when I was on the streets and if I would see somebody with a Mjolnir, those are the ones I would go talk to. Mm. And I was like, you know, my, my frequent plan of attack was, have you actually read the Havamal? Because there's so much in the Havamal that it's like, runs counter to all this bullshit yeah. that these kids are doing, right? Yeah. Um, I had a little pocket Havamal with me. Here, here, here. Look at that. This is the words of Odin. Like, pay attention. Um, yeah, it was, it was a thing. Um, and it's sort of, for as much horse shit as 2020 was for so many people, um, 2020 really galvanized my path and what I want to do within it. Mm -hmm. um, and then like you know towards the end of the year i was like all right i guess i'm i guess i'm actually in now i guess i'm really 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 in and that's when i once i decided that i was really in and started following people on twitter like actively um and then gabby posted something about hyro and i joined hyro and now I'm a fucking rock star. So what do you want? Yeah. Yeah. So when, so when you made your, your pact with Odin and so that was kind of 
fairly recently, like it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, so you're not like, see, I, I don't know a lot about heathenry. Um, like, I mean, the community, the heathenry community. Sure. So, I mean, you're doing your own thing. Like, like you had, you, you had your conversation with Odin, you made your pact. Now you're doing your thing like with Odin, you know, like your, your whole say magical spiritual process is basically you're working it out between you and Odin type thing. Like, or are, are you part of like the larger heathenry community? Is there, is there, and I don't mean, I, I don't not like, like a, like a closed system, like the golden dawn, hmm. but are, are there, is heathen is heathenry really solo or no it is not okay so like there's there's like groups and i'm not talking about you know again let's let's put aside the the white let's, let's assume we're talking about good heathens from, yeah from here yeah. on yes like are there are there heathenry like organizations yes okay, okay. quite a few okay. um and the the thing they're they're yes there are a lot they're called kindreds or um there's a number of there's a number of words for like it. are these are these organizations that have like training programs and whatnot yes and no okay um you know it varies the thing to look for for any future people who are interested in norse mythology is at a baseline any group that you are interested in working with must support declaration 127 which is what uh it's basically an it like, is an, but but not, not what is declaration 127 but what is like what does that come from what is that it comes from the havamal oh um, okay but declaration 127 um is an active statement that anybody who was a member of the i'm not even going to say their name the fucking focus uh, the badass, you know, the bad fuckers. Mm -hmm. um, anybody who is an active member or acts in such a way is not welcome in this space. That's what Declaration 127 is. And it's been ratified by a number of um, groups and organizations and kindreds uh, across the world, frankly. Um, and this is from the Havamal? It's, it is adapted from the Havamal, yes. Oh, okay. Because the Havamal is, like, that's... The words of Odin yeah so it's called declaration 127 because it's taken from stanza 127 of the hopper okay got it okay so what a lot of these organizations are doing are, are taking like the words of the hopper and writing like like in clear english yes sort, okay got and it it's it is a unified document we have one document and then Everybody who agrees has signed it, basically. Okay. Um, there's people a, there and were, organizations. People and organizations. Okay. Okay. Um, and they're, they're working on an updated one that is not specifically directed at um, the bad people, but more is designed to be inclusive to everybody, uh, basically saying, we don't care about your, your race or your gender or your orientation, like your ability, like fucking whatever. Mm. You are welcome in this space, and anybody who says otherwise can eat a dick. Yeah. 
Oh, well, um, I mean, but, but that's just the modern world, number one. But number two, yes. um, how was it last year or the year before scientists discovered Vikings that were from the Middle East? Sure. Vikings that had um, uh, European DNA mm-hmm. mixed with Middle Eastern DNA. Like this whole, co- well, first of all, the whole concept of, you know, white Vikings, like that's a, a Nazi construct. Sure anyways. is. But even if that wasn't a Nazi construct, even if that was just because Vikings came from Northern Europe, so they must all be white and whatnot. I mean, that's all gone. Like that's out the window. This purity and bloodlines thing is all bullshit. It's, you have it's the DNA evidence to prove it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's um, super bullshit. The misogyny is bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you have female Viking warriors. Like the misogyny is bullshit. The women are, you know, supposed to be in the kitchen popping out babies. Yeah, you know? it's it's complete nonsense. Like yeah. th- this is the thing, like in. It, 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 you know, the, the, the prevalent wisdom is that the Vikings were out raping and pillaging, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe, yeah, let's be honest, yes. Um, but the Norse people were prodigious traders. Yeah. They were all up and down the Mediterranean, down the west coast of Africa. I mean, multiple, multiple Norse uh, explorers came to the Americas, Greenland, Iceland. Um, you know, everybody talks about Eric the Red, but there are there are plenty before him. Oh, absolutely. That landed in, in North America. We have here in Canada, in Newfoundland, um, uh, Viking settlements that date back to, I think as far back as the ninth century, I believe, you know, way before Eric the Red, uh, way before Columbus, obviously. Yeah obviously yeah um yeah like and and it's it's important to remember that these were these were a seafaring trading people Mm -hmm. what everybody views them as these horned axe wielding fucking lunatics yeah which okay there is definitely a period where they are that except for the horns you never had horns on the helmets right um but that was spurned because of Christianity coming in and trying to wipe them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, like, yeah, I mean, the Norse were all over Europe, all over the Middle East, you know, North America, fucking. So, like, it's not, it's not this idea that there is genetic purity. Yeah. First off, is gross. Yeah. Second off, is wrong. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I would not, love, not correct. Yeah, I would love to experience. I do have a past life as a Viking. I I I, I know that, but I would like to be able to experience, um, like a Viking that travels from Norway from my little seaside fishing village of all you know wooden buildings making my way all the way to Paris in the um in it, like medieval Paris with these stone cathedrals like it's such a different 
two different ways of 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 life yeah um you know to to go from like the green in the mountains and you know that that relative rural sort of lifestyle and end up in 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 paris on a trading expedition and it's it, it just it's it's got to be such an uh an amazing like experience it'd be like us nowadays traveling to another planet another civilization right. yeah planet you know what i mean that that's more advanced to us that would be the only real equivalent that us today um could have um, I mean, it's like like the like the '70s and '80s when they would like go into the Amazon rainforest and yeah, but that know. but that's going back like backwards, you know, like that's you know I'm I'm talking about like like yeah. a more simple yes. to to uh to you know that that you know more civilized um, quote unquote yeah uh the the way you know we define civilized um it's just it's got to be. It, an incredible experience for the Vikings of that time. I, you know, like, I, I, I wonder, I wonder how they felt the first time they landed in the Middle East. Because at the time, these are the most advanced cultures on the planet. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, uh, yeah. the, all of the Arabian Peninsula, like all that stuff, like these are, these are people who have developed at this point calculus yeah and like you know high level mathematics and like philosophy is booming yeah um like it must have been an extraordinary experience i'm gonna pause i need to get some water for myself Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Lux Files. I'm not just the host of this podcast. I'm also the owner of Leilokens Owen. I make beeswax and scented spell candles, loose stick and liquid incense, anointing oils and bath salts. So once you're done listening to this episode, why don't you head on over to my website at www.leilokensawin.com and check out my products. For your convenience, the link to the website is also in the show notes. So give me a minute. Okay, we're back. Break. <laughs> We have a uh, every time I hear that recording in progress, we have a thing on Weird Moon Rising where we just go, "Thanks, bitch." Yeah, I don't know. That just started. Um, yeah, it's new. Yeah, it. I, I. I don't really care for it. It kind of bothers me for some reason. I don't know why it bothers me, but it's like I don't know. Like I, I know recording has started because, guess what? I hit record. There's two motherfuckers in this room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so anyways yeah so um i mean we were talking about um uh vikings in in the middle ages and and that's all fun and 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 whatnot but um i like i want to hear a little more about like like modern heathenry because again it's something that i'm not really particularly familiar with so I, I guess like one thing that I, you know, cause I was asking about like, are there, you know, heathen reorganizations and or do they have like training programs and whatnot? And I kind of, 
my impression of the heathenry community is it's it's very um it's very like loose like you know because you know it's not like a closed system not at all you, you know what i mean so i kind of like i um i'm a member of the order of bards ovates and druids and yep. it's you know it's the i mean there's there's different ways of, of approaching druidry like adf is is a druid church so you know they have their liturgy and whatnot but obod and the you know i'm sure the british druid order is is very similar where it's a little bit more you know like like it, it's a community but it's 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 a more of like a loose community the order of bards ovates and druids they have their their training program for you know you start out with bard then you move to ovate then you move to move to druid right um but it's not like okay this is what druids believe this is what druids are this is what druids do these are druid rituals this is druid magic it's 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 kind of like you know kind of like developing your own sort of spirituality and that's the impression that i get with heathenry like it's it's very you know it has that sort of um self-inspiration you know but within a within a norse context you know so like <sighs> um you're not wrong we don't have formal structure the way the druidic orders do um nor do we for the most part most norse groups and practitioners don't put a big focus on a lot of the other aspects of magic this it's a very a it's incredibly reconstructionist for the most part um most heathens try and do things as close as possible to the old ways as they can. Okay. Which is difficult because, you know, nothing was written down. Yeah. Um, and there's, yeah, there's way less emphasis on magic and, and that aspect of things. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm weird for a heathen because I come from that Wiccan background and now I've gone from very 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 ceremonial to like wild chaos magic making packs with demons and shit right um so i'm i'm, I'm definitely a super outlier so but um it's 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 mostly based on learning as much as you can um and trying to live your life in a way that exemplifies your ideals and, mm. and exemplifies your personal hearth cult. Yeah. Um, heathenry is very much magic of the mundane all the time. That's not to say that there aren't practitioners who are out there doing things like astral and casting spells and stuff like that. Right. Um, but in general, I find that to be more the exception than the rule. You know? Yeah. 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 That's one thing like with, uh, with Druidry, like there, there's no um, Druidry spell books from Llewellyn. You know what I right. mean? Right. There are like Wiccan spell books and, and whatnot. Um, uh, Philip Cargom, who was our last 
chosen chief. He stepped down. We have a new chosen chief. He did publish a book called Druidcraft, which kind of tried to blend witchcraft and druidry together. And I mean, witchcraft as a practice of magic as opposed to like a like a spiritual uh, path. Um, I mean, they they blend well because druidry is very, you know, earthy and 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 well, again, just like with the Norse, like they didn't write anything down. So, you know, piecing together um, druid, authentic druid uh, practices through folklore. Right. And of course, having to, you know, wade through all of the the Christian gloss that was added to a lot of the folklore. Um, So, you know, that that you know more witchcraft as opposed to it witchcraft lends itself well to druidry as opposed to like ceremonial magic right you know, although with that being said the you know the druid revival that started in the 18th century um like it developed along like the masonic lines the masonic lodges so uh john michael greer i don't think he's the i don't even know what his title chief head arch druid i think i don't know of the ancient order of druids in america like they were like lodge style druidry okay you can certainly do what a title arch druid i i think that's great i like it i like it um uh so you certainly could do like that lodge style ceremonial druidry, absolutely. But I mean, you know, like the Oba druidry and and the the BDO druidry, like the druidry that I think most people would be more familiar with is it's very earthy. It's very, you know, it's 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 a, a, a real personal um, spirituality. Yeah. And so like this druidcraft book where he tried to kind of create like a um like a like a druid type magic i mean it was it's still it's it's not like what you would think it is you know like i said like like the you know like wiccan spell books but now like it, right. it still was really nothing um nothing like that we have so in north heathen especially certainly in america in america is a pretty young tradition mm-hmm. um there there is evidence that it probably has kept up a little bit in like iceland and greenland and, and parts of northern europe um but in america it's very young like yeah 50s 60s maybe yeah um and for a lot of that time infested by shitheads Right. So it's, but I find that Norse heathenry and the Druidic circles are very much kissing cousins because, mm-hmm. you know, we're from, you know, they come from that same area of the world, both oral traditions. Most of our stuff is lost. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm of the belief right now that, um, our two traditions should start working more together and talking more. Cause I think that we could learn a lot from each other. Right. Um, yeah. But I think both sides would push back on that. 
Um, I could see, I could, yeah, no, absolutely. I can definitely see um, Druids pushing back on that just because there's so much white supremacy within heathenry that like, I, I could see them kind of thinking why give ourselves the headache of having to wade into that and deal with that and you know and then the, the worry that you know these white supremacists are going to be like oh you yeah. know what you know we can get into this druidry thing and blah 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 and right you know yeah it, 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 yeah and i i think that i'm i'm generally of the belief that uh we would view, view it the same way in that um we need to get our own house in order first and foremost mm-hmm. um you know we have we have things like declaration 127 we have declaration of deeds um those of us who are not fucking focused are hyper vigilant about this shit um but that doesn't mean it isn't a problem and it doesn't mean that you know we we aren't uh cognizant of the fact that our you know there are people that are claiming to be in our faith who are fucking with shit yeah it's a whole it's a whole damn thing yeah um it's why i it's why like as i you know like i have within the last few months become more and more prominent and known as a heathen um and that carries with it that stigma, right? You have to constantly be aware of the fact that there are people who are going to initially hold you at arm's length until they know, even other heathens. Yeah. And I do that too, right? Um, one thing that's been really helpful in the last couple of months is... Um, there are uh, there are a pair of uh, Norse heathens who are doing really 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 great work on this. They're very popular on YouTube. Um, Ocean Keltoy and Wolf the Red. Okay. Um, and they have a Discord server, and it's awesome. And they have YouTube channels, and they're great. Um, I feel like Wolf the Red sounds familiar um, on Twitter. Yep. Yeah. Okay. He's very active on Twitter. Okay. Um, he's got big dad energy. He's great. Okay. Um, and like the Discord that they run is um, well handled. Um, they have a very strict, no fascists. If like you show a hint of fascism there, and like all of the admins show up and they're like, "What are you doing? What's mm-hmm. this about?" Right. And then they start asking questions and as soon as you you know show your ass you're fucking out yeah yeah um so it's been i i found that place to be pretty good um for helping to build the community um and having a couple of decent figureheads at the top who give a shit Mm -hmm. um has been very helpful yeah that's not to say that's not to say that that's like the only place but it's a very, very good one for people who are very online. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
I, oh God, this is going back to what, 2018 or was it 2019? No, it must have been too, it doesn't matter. I was um, asked to do a workshop at a uh, convention and like, yep, no problem. I mean, I love public speaking. I love doing workshops and lectures and stuff like that. So yeah, sure. absolutely. And I get a message on, I think it was on Facebook um, from one of the fellow presenters that was going to be at this convention. Um, there's two neo-Nazis that have been invited Yikes. To, yeah, to do, you know, presentations and, and the uh, organizers. Oh, no, 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 they're not. No, they're not. They're friends of ours. We know, we know, we know. Um, it took me maybe 30 seconds <laughs> a Google search to find out that, oh, yes, they are. And another 10 minutes to have like you here's proof you can't deny right um you know the connections and you know all these people and oh this one does a lot of work with with um um uh indian kids hindus blah 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 blah, blah. and of course i have an interest one of my interests is in nazi occultism I sure. find, um, well, and it, I have, it interests me in two ways, um, just how the, the complexities of, of paganism and occultism in, you know, the, the whole Nazi structure, how that all worked, number one. because oh, it's fucking bananas. Because it's fascinating. But number two, you know, the, the neo-Nazi groups of today you know are inspired by the nazis yeah so learn about the nazis so you can better understand these modern groups but you you find or else you you don't you don't get the nuances of of you know nazi ideology where why were they why were the nazis so cozy with um um hindus and 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 why were they traveling to tibet and and whatnot because they believed you know the that the root race from from atlantis or in in their terminology um ultima thule or thule however they pronounce it yeah. um ended up in tibet and so the tibetans and the brahmins are actually practicing their lost Aryan traditions and blah 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 right, yeah. you know what I mean and yeah. um the ruling uh class of Japanese they obviously were uh Aryans because of their lighter skin and they were so much more cultured than the rest of the Japanese and the Iranians you know what I mean? Yeah, so because so, people think, oh, well, if you're a Nazi, then you hate anyone that isn't white and you hate Jews. And it's not that simple. 
It's not. So, so when people are like, oh, he's he does all this work with Hindus. Yeah, well, guess what? So did the Nazis. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. That's not that's not a uh show a picture of of him standing beside a Hindu and be like, oh, he, you know, he loves the world. He, he um, he's got a Hindu friend. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> what 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 does that sound like? You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, and so you 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 so when you're you're kind of like researching these groups and there's these code words and and oh we're a workout club we're or, no no we're just it's always just we're just a workout club or the proud boys we're just a drinking club yes. with a patriotism problem um and you know so whenever i see these these groups and it's they're not racist but there's not one person of color among them and they're <laughs> right. just a workout club you know what i mean um, yeah i do and yeah so yeah it wasn't hard so anyways i mean it, it wasn't hard to confirm you know that these that these were genuine uh concerns on the part of this one presenter is like oh my god like it wasn't you know um wearing a molnor and her freaking out blowing things out of proportion well, and, and, and so, like, it, this... it, so they were gen they were genuine and so you know the organizers they were like oh no 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 they're friends they're friends they're friends so then i'm finding photos of one of the organizers with their friends oh no their friends friends in in these workout clubs and it's like uh anyways i so a number of us ended up pulling out from the conference and then um um some um i'm not going to call them antifa because antifa isn't a an organization but anti-fascist protesters uh, we're like, okay, we're going to protest this this convention. So they shut down the convention. I'm like, awesome. That's what you get. That yep. I, that's what you get. You know. You no, know, it, it, it's funny because there's, especially when it comes to like conventions like this, the organizers are always, oh god, ninety percent of the time they always fuck up in some way like this, mm. and then when legitimate concerns are brought forward. They go, oh no, 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 they're our friends. Yeah. And you go, oh, you're friends with these people. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, and so you know what? And, and you know that whole, well, no, no, no. Uh, I know because they're friends of mine. I'm like, well, I have a lot of friends. Some of my friends are assholes. So, yeah. you know, just because they're friends of mine doesn't mean they're great people. Right. You but know, there's a but there's a difference between. I have friends who are assholes and yeah. I have friends who are fascists. No, I know. You I'm know? just saying, like, just like pulling out the, oh, no, 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 they're friends of mine card. I'm like, well, I have friends that are assholes. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, if someone's like, oh, your friend's not a really good person. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, I'm not, no, 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 they're a friend of mine. I'm like, no, I know they're an asshole. I, I am frequently that friend who is an asshole. Well, that's who, I, I, that's who I was talking about. Oh, yeah, good, good. Uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so, I accept so, this. It's fine so that that whole scenario kind of prompted me like 
I should start because, you know, like one group leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, like, and, and, you know, and I can't remember, I mean, this is going back a couple of years, but, you know, this group also was affiliated with this group. Yeah. That was started by this guy who started this group and, and who's now in jail for bombing a black church. And you know what I mean? Um, and so I was kind of like, I wonder if I should start just like researching these groups more names, dates, and doing like, like fascist files, you know what I mean? Like, like these are the people to watch out for, you know what I mean? I do. And what you're going to, what you're going to wind up being is you're going to be that, that classic meme picture from it's always sunny in philadelphia of charlie day uh looking at the sign and it's just pictures and lines and- that's lit you know yeah that was that meme it's funny that you say that because that <laughs> was that was literally me um during this whole scenario it was like like look like this picture this and i, I mean like th- like a, a patch on a jacket led to this whole rabbit hole of of um of fascist organizations that had all of these association and again like started by this guy who's who's a a you know no neo-nazi who's in jail for bombing a black church you know what i mean like yeah i do i'm and that meme was me like i'm like look like <laughs> here, here it all is and this all of this information only took me 10 minutes to find you know um so there was a a, a dear friend of mine brandon shout out brandon he's he's the best not brendan but brandon um yorm um he moved to hawaii recently and uh he put up uh the satanic church or the satanic temple version of the pride flag for this month okay which you know bless thank you um and i i just i had to i was like hey dude like like some of the people who lead the satanic temple are like racist turfs and he was like what well how what i didn't know that show me show me some proof and somebody else came in with like a big screen cap thread And he was like, I hated to yuck his yum because he was, you know, he was showing support, but it's like. So you're talking about the satanic temple started by. um, What's his name? No, it is not related to LaVey. No, 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 not LaVey. That's the Church of Satan. The the, the satanic temple that has the Baphomet statue with the children. Correct. The actual, um, you're talking about the actual satanic temple. Yeah. Like, and they have what in the leadership? There's yeah, his, his name is Lucian. Lucian, Lucian. That's it. Yes, 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 yes. That's it. Okay. Um, my roommate, um, is the chapter one of the chapter heads here in Satanic Portland. Okay. And when all this stuff came out, Satanic Portland left TST. So who in who in the satanic temple was doing all this like you said racist and turf? Yeah. Who? Lucian. Oh. Oh. 
online? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's screen caps. There's a lot of it was internal conversation, you know, uh, but when did this when did this all come out? uh, Like 2019, 2020. How did I hear any of this? Because it, it didn't make press. It didn't it didn't make anything. It was all it, it was kept internal for the most part. Um yeah, but but yeah nowadays, it's a whole thing. But nowadays for 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 this to not even get out on Twitter or anything. Look, here's if you want if you want to hint at this, just it, it, it did get out on Twitter, but it didn't it just didn't raise a stink. But if you want to hint at this, they took the tits off Baphomet. If that doesn't tell you that there's something wrong, they I took, don't know, man. What do you mean they took the tits off Baphomet? Baphomet is traditionally has tits. They removed them. They removed from the beginning? No, recently. Okay, because I was like... I, I, yeah. and, and, and admittedly, this is not an area that I'm like super well-versed in. Yeah. Um, but like... Come on, man. <laughs> that that is like that that screams of like blatant transphobia to me. Huh. I, I, I can't believe that I didn't even get a whiff of this. Mm-hmm. Wow. Nobody did. Like it's 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 the weirdest fucking thing. I wonder if I'll be able to Google and find any of those screen caps. Yeah, I please do. Um I could oh uh and the guy, you know, my friend who put up the, the Satanic Temple pride flag, like, deleted the thread. So I don't even have the link that was uh, given. Because uh, he was he was just, he was upset by it because he was trying to show support. And I was like, hey, yeah. can, you, can you support people who aren't TERFs? That would be Oh, I didn't know super that. Super awesome. Yeah, I didn't know that. And I, and I felt bad, you know, but what are you going to do? You got to, like, this is the thing um, is especially because I have this heathen background, it's vetting your sources is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Um, and you always feel like the asshole when you are like, I know that you mean well, but could you not? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, well, and, I mean, and it's, not, it's not hard to be not misogynistic. It's not hard to not be transphobic or homophobic. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's 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 not hard to not hate people. So just don't. Like, you know, mind your business and right. I'm gonna mind my business. You know what I mean? Just like all these politicians, especially the more conservative ones, that government needs to stay out of your business, government needs to stay out of your business. But but I'm going to tell you who you can love, who you can marry, what you can do with your body. Right. Yes. What you can believe, like religiously, da, 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 you know what I mean? Um, it's, you know, so you get that that level of hypocrisy, which just drives me batty. The, this is this bad. is a big this is a big part of my practice is um, because okay, so you asked if there were organizations within heathenry and in general, kind of yes, no, but a big part of heathenry is community Mm -hmm. of 
taking care of the people who are in your community and making sure that everybody is able to contribute in a way that they are capable of contributing, right? Yeah. Um, meaning it's not ableist, it's not homophobic, transphobic, fucking any other fucking piece of bullshit. Yeah. And so a big part of my practice is looking out for trans kids. And that's not just because I am non-binary. Mm-hmm. It's because these are, when I look at the alphabet mafia, the trans kids are the ones who are getting hit the hardest right yeah. now. Um, and so I, I can speak well, I can formulate a really good argument. I don't give a shit if somebody tries to gay bash me or fucking, you know, bash me in any way, shape or form. I don't give a fuck. I'll fight you back because I've been in a bunch of scraps. Right. Um, but that's not true of a lot of trans folks and they have incredibly high suicide rates. Um, They have incredibly high homicide rates. Um, My former partner, the one that gave me the divination used to stand on the steps of the Madison courthouse every year. I think they probably still do. I don't know. Um, Every year and read out the names of every single trans person uh, who died in the last year? On we the do, that, we do that here. Yeah, we do the, that here on um, um, Trans Remembrance Day. Yeah, and, and it's 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 incredibly important. Yeah. Um, because people don't realize how big of a problem this is. Yeah. Um, and, and like I'm aware of how I present. I was I present as this huge masculine bearded fucking. It doesn't diminish the fact that I'm non-binary and it doesn't diminish the fact that I'm part of this community and I want to protect my fellow community members. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like, yeah, it's a big part of my practice. You know, I, I, work, I work actively with Odin and Loki. These are two like gender fluid fucking tricksters. Yeah. So like... When I when I look at people, when I look at other heathens who are like trans people, ew, I'm like, you clearly don't understand this. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get this. Well, no, it's it's not necessarily a matter of not getting it. Look at um Christians, like they they completely skip the parts of the Bible that doesn't conform with their levels of hate. I would argue it's, that they don't get it. It's, it's inconvenient to them. So just ignore it. You know? Look, uh, most Christians haven't read the Bible. Yeah. And I don't, I, I wish I knew, if, I wish I could remember the, whose quote this was, but like the fastest way to become an atheist is to read the Bible. <laughs> like, and, and this is, I think in heathenry, uh, especially, Nowadays, it's picking up a lot more. Um, heathens have, heathens are slowly picking up a lot of the rhetorical skills that, you know, the atheists have mm-hmm. to combat Christianity and stuff. Yeah. Um, and are starting to push back really hard on that stuff. Right. Uh, Ocean Keltoy is great at this. Like, he's, I see him pick fights on Twitter and I'm just like, oh, I better go get some fucking popcorn. <laughs> um, 
but like just it's it's a thing like one of the things i'm i'm so proud of the heathen community in the progress that we've made in the last five or ten years is that it has become yo you want to work with the norse gods i don't give a shit come i don't care who you are i don't care how you identify like just come play right one of us yeah um you know and it was we're starting to push these fucking fascists further and further to the outskirts um the long table is big enough for everybody yeah um do any do any of these heathen organizations like you know when i was talking about um like oh should i start researching these groups and you know getting facts and 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 you know names and dates and da 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 just so people are aware of these groups that are masquerading as as pagan groups da 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 um but then i was like oh do i want to get killed nah um no. but do do any of these heathen groups you know kind of have that you know make stuff like that public like these are the groups you need to be aware of these are problematic groups these are you know white yes this fascist groups and anybody affiliated with the afa is a piece of shit right uh, but i mean there's more than the afa sure and and but generally speaking like and that's the ace true folk association yeah fuck them uh for those of you who don't know the anagram um but the, like there's more than the AFA, folk yes. association or assembly uh i think it is assembly actually. i think it's assembly yeah they're just the afa they're yeah. fucking focused who gives yeah shit? um but a lot of groups will affiliate themselves with the afa yeah and they want they might not even necessarily even understand they might not even know yeah um and that's the problem with it right um, well that's why i'm asking like like did do, do, do any of the heathen groups have like so you have something in the in the states and uh i think it's a non-profit organization that does something i think it's called like hate watch and it's you know they they have all the information and all like the hate groups and stuff like that like something like that but specifically within the heathen community for you know those those white supremacist ah. you know fascist groups you know um not so much mm. generally speaking um our, our 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 metric is usually do you support declaration 127 if you're there then now we can have frith now we can have a conversation yeah and we'll see where it goes if you don't why not yeah are you just ignorant of this thing or have you decided to actively ignore it um that's like that's our baseline we don't really keep a red because we're all heathens are in general we tend to buck those sorts of systems right right right, right. yeah um i mean the fact that declaration 127 was signed by as many groups and people as it has been um it is a frankly monumental thing mm -hmm. astounding mm -hmm. um and then you know if you go further and you've signed the declaration of deeds well now now we know you're okay we're we're more 
um, have you done this affirming thing rather than these people are assholes? Right. Because, because it's so insidious within heathen circles. Yeah. And, and we are loath. I think in general, and I, I'm not going to speak for every heathen here. I'm just going to speak for myself and my <clears throat> understanding of it. We are loath to look at an entire group and say, oh, fuck these guys. Right, right. Because there's probably going to be good kids in there. And there's going to be, there's going to be people who are interested in the Norse deities and want to have um, good conversations and good relationships with their gods, but they're just in the wrong regional location or they've been misled in some, in some way. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's why I, you know, I was asking that because if there's like a, you know, like a hate watch type thing, so these particularly young people can make sure who they're getting in with. We're also, we're also chronically uh, way behind the times in technology. (laughs) I'm not going to lie about that. Yeah. like it's we're just we're we're all just a bunch of anarchists yeah 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 um it's not a bad idea though and it's it's something i can run up well i know it's not a bad idea i came up with that so clearly (laughs) that's merit (laughs) oh god Uh, it just it just it's it that's a lot of work and like i said i don't really feel like getting killed so (laughs) take care of it (laughs) <laughs> they're not going to cross country lines for you yeah. oh please this is canada <laughs> our, our biggest export is white supremacy i know that, that it's true as, i know that comes as a shock to a lot of non-canadians um our biggest like the um founder of the proud boys is canadian yep um our biggest export is white supremacy and um uh, like 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 um back in the day i don't know if it, if about now probably not so much but back in the day when white supremacists in the states had to get out of dodge they came up they had safe haven in particular right. in uh the province of alberta yep um which alberta is a problem alberta would be like the Canadian equivalent of Texas. Like, like Texas, Oklahoma, yeah. you know, it's um, wet Texas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so no, our, our, our biggest export um, isn't softwood lumber. So enough with the fucking tariffs U S um, it's white supremacy. So have you, have you watched letter Kenny? No, no. You should. No. A, because it is like the queerest show made by mostly cishets. Right. And hilariously so, like in like a loving, fun way. And B, they have an episode, they have an episode about Proud Boys coming to Letterkenny. And they're all just like, uh-uh. And they just show up and just beat a bunch of ass. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not much of a television watcher. Um, um... I've so and not so much. I'm I'm not big on. Well, I shouldn't say I'm not big on comedies, but if I'm actually going to sit and watch a television show, I'm more. It's going to be like some sort of 
drama show. Sure. Um, so no, I, I haven't seen uh, Letter Kenny. Um, one thing about what I learned about living in Texas, and I think this is a lot more, to me, it seems a lot more apparent now, you know, the age of Trump and, and post-Trump is on the right and on the left, the loudest voices are the extremists, the, the yeah. right-wing extremists, the left-wing extremists. And, and, but because they're the loudest voices, it's easy to think they represent that their particular side. And I think it's fairly obvious to any normal thinking adult that they're, they're, they're not representative of that side as a whole. One thing I learned, so what I learned when I moved to Texas, everyone, um, a lot, especially my European friends and Australian friends and and New Zealand friends in New Zealand. What are they called? New Zealanders? I don't know. Um, Kiwis. Kiwis. They're all like, I, I don't understand how you can move to Texas. Oh, they're racist and homophobic and blah blah blah. You know, because it's you know just Texas has that reputation. Right. What I learned is that, well, first of all, I lived in Houston and Houston well, is yeah. pretty blue, but yeah. you know, you have, obviously there's conservatives there, real, real Republican conservatives, like the, the real ones don't give a shit about you. No, they don't know you. They don't care about you because they don't know you like they're going to live their lives. You're going to live your life. You're not going to cross paths. So they don't care. And that's what I found true American, like Republican conservatism um, to be. And so like you're talking about Letter Kenny and Proud Boys coming there, because from what I gather, the commercials like the uh, promoting Letter Kenny, like they're like rednecks. Yes. Yeah. Um, so here in Canada, it's pretty much the same thing for the most part, like, like conservative rednecks, even like something like, like Proud Boys coming in, like, oh, like, whoa, we're, we're, um, we're just like you, like we're, we're bosom buddies and real, real conservative rednecks are like, fuck off. Like you're just problematic. Like you're just going to, that's literally just, the episode. Yeah. yeah you're, you're just going to cause us problems and we're not interested, but we still have that, you know, that real white, you know, far right supremacy. Like I said, like it's our biggest export. It really is. And, you know, Canadians, you know, we, we have a, um, we have a moral superiority being next door neighbors to the U S yeah, because, you've earned it because, well, you know, uh, no, and, and <laughs> last no, and last week really is a good reminder that we didn't earn it because 215 oh yeah, I heard babies, this. indigenous babies, um, were found in unmarked graves in a residential school. Um, so yeah, we we haven't earned it, um, but. Uh, 
you know, so, yep. but a lot of Canadians, and I feel, I feel this situation with, with the 215 babies um, is, is a turning point. I, I feel that in my bones and I hope I'm right about it. But a lot of Canadians would hear me say something like white supremacy is our biggest export because it is. And be, oh, no, no, not us, not Canada. Not, and that's the problem. That's yeah. the problem because we're not quote unquote as bad as America with our race problem just because we didn't have the millions of, of black slaves. No, we were too busy killing indigenous kids. Yeah, you all y'all did your first peoples bad. I mean, and it's not like America did any better. Let's yeah. be honest. We fucked it up too. Yeah. But Canada fucked the first people bad, bad. Um, so our we have the Royal Canadian Mountain Police, Mounted Police, the RC. The They're Mounties, which I guess would be the equivalent of the FBI, let's say. Yeah, I that's would, that's that's pretty I accurate. There, because they're federal, the RCMP. Um, so they're 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 a, a federal national police force, like the like the FBI. Although they're the RCMP is a little bit more policing than the FBI is. Yeah. Like there's some parts of Canada where they're the police. There's no like like um, regional police type thing. Anyways. Um, that, but that's a close enough analogy, I, I would say. Uh, let's uh, take a moment here. Oh, yeah. Pause. But I do want to talk about mommies. Yeah. So okay. while we were on the break, I yeah. took the moment to do a little um, recall. I would say that the Mounties are probably more analogous to our uh, federal marshals here. Oh, FBI. that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. So the RCMP were basically created um, as a police force to deal with the indigenous. Well, I'm going to say, quote unquote, because some people will be listening to this, not watching me with my air quotes, the indigenous <laughs> problem or the Indian problem back in the day, um, you know, as white settlers, you know, expanded and they wanted this land, you know, that that uh, was um, native land. Right. So you have this police force to come in and, and kill the natives so white people can settle. Like that's, you know, that's our history. Just a couple of years ago, um, uh, out in BC, um, the indigenous people there protesting uh, a pipeline and the RCMP- I remember that. The RCMP had uh, the these the this was uncovered after this whole this whole situation happened. Um, it was reported on in national news that the RCMP basically gave just shoot to kill orders, just shoot them Jesus all, just kill them all, um, which would never happen. Um, uh, white fishermen um, burning down buildings and attacking. Um, right indigenous uh fishermen in nova scotia there was no shoot to kill orders with the 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 white people you know what i mean yeah i do um yeah so no we we don't our our moral superior our, our position of moral superiority isn't isn't well deserved it is you know what i mean it's not justified i you know that's a good point um I, it, like 
I guess it's 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 uh it's just because we don't have that that history of slavery right that that you guys have and we you know once once we we pushed all the indigenous and like in Ontario in in my province there's a lot of these reserves that are so far north that you can only get to them they're they're flying only like you can't yep. drive there they're so isolated so it's kind of like a out of sight out of mind situation so you know so it's easy to think well we don't have a um a racism problem like the u.s because you know all of yeah, the they're all yeah. populations are, are are just gone isolated they're they're away you know what i mean I do. Um, yeah. In fact, um, so I'm a huge professional wrestling fan. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I know about Canadian professional wrestling, I mean, obviously, other than Bret Hart and the Hart family, um, is that there is a small town in Nunavut um, that is only accessible like three months a year because that's when the ice is thick enough mm -hmm. um and they book independent professional wrestlers to come up there and so they get a couple of trucks full of guys and then the the ring and they go up there and then they just set up for like a week and a half right and everything's wildly expensive because everything's oh, really expensive up there it's insane yeah um insane. but like these are people that are not getting forms of mainstream entertainment in any way, shape or form for 10 months out of the year. Cause it's not like they've got fucking cable. There's no broadcasting out there. Yes. There so, is. you know, it's weak, right. You know, like they're, they're not getting the full, the full Canadian suite. Let's yeah. say. Um, and so they're certainly not getting a lot of live entertainment. That's no, 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 no. Um, and so like the entire, the entire town shows up for these wrestling shows. Yeah. So there's like four or 5,000 people who are showing up every night for these independent wrestlers that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. Other than like one or two names that maybe are willing to take the trip to Canada, like a hacksaw Jim Duggan or something like that. And it's, it really struck me as there's so much land between there and populated Canada that they yeah. could move to, but because those are their ancestral homes, they're not moving. It's yeah. just a way of their life, right? Yeah. Now, none of it. So a lot of these Northern reserves, like these isolated Northern reserves, they're not traditional land like right. like they were placed here again it's that out of sight out of mind but definitely reservations yeah yeah and up until i think it was the 50s they couldn't leave the reserves without permission from the government holy shit but none of us so you have the inuit people yep and so i mean that's you know that's where they're from that's where they've lived for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years so there's no reason for them to be like oh we have to abandon all of our 
cities and move south like that doesn't right. make any sense that makes no but, sense yeah yeah but the challenge is, is that yeah like i follow some people that live in nunavut and they'll take photos of food and the price stickers in the grocery stores yeah. and you know things can be five ten times more expensive um and you know there, I'm, not, Col- I'm not i'm not Cole Cabana tells me a story. Uh, he told a story on one of his podcasts uh, that a single roll of toilet paper cost him $27 Canadian. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. And I'm not a fan of, of billionaires and billionaire multinational companies like Amazon, but I will give Amazon credit because... I bought a bunch of um, school supplies for the high school in um, for a for a high school in Nunavut, um, and I got like the same free shipping deal, like the normal spend thirty five bucks, awesome, and it ships for free type thing, um, and and so Amazon is really uh really good you know for for places like that because you can get so someone um posted a photo and it was like uh one notepad a couple of pens and a couple of of pencils and some erasers and she's like this is what fifty dollars of school supplies gets you right so i spent like 120 bucks and I like hundreds of pencils and backpacks. And I think I bought shoes and rulers and staplers <laughs> and glue and a ring. You know what I mean? Like just yeah, like, like enough stuff for like a classroom and it cost me 120 bucks and I got free shipping uh, through Amazon, you know? You know, it, it, it's, I've done this. I've actually done this for none of it as well. Mm. Um, I didn't spend quite $120, but I definitely have done this. Um, and I think that leftists tend to undervalue what a company like Amazon does for remote places. Yeah. Um, and you say what you want about Bezos. He definitely is a piece of shit, but Amazon can get to those places that are yeah so isolated but and just no no just pay your taxes and pay your employees yeah, exactly a living wage that, right. that's all that's and then you bezos if you want to buy 50 houses buy 50 houses that are all worth 50 million each i don't give a shit just right. pay your employees a living wage and pay your fucking taxes Yes, I think that's what I'm asking for. We are of one mind on this. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not like, oh, eat the rich. No one should be rich. I'm not saying that. Just pay your fucking taxes. Right. I, 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 good God. Um. Oh, and keep sending me free shit, Amazon, because stuff shows up at my house from Amazon that I don't order. Keep doing really. Yeah, (laughs) doing that. I'm fine with that. So, so keep sending me free shit, pay your taxes, pay your employees a living wage. Let's talk about occult shit again. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, 
Suck it, nice. Bezos. Yeah, suck it, Bezos. Nobody likes you. Um, literally, Except for your new gold digger wife. Uh, she doesn't like him. She's well, using it for the money. Yeah. She, <laughs> she likes his massive engorged wallet. Yes. Are you kidding me? There's no, there's no engorging there. There's just one black card. He doesn't even carry identification on it. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's like, do you know who I am? Yeah. No. But he's like the Queen of England. He doesn't even need a passport. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the podcast. Yeah. Um. Just because I really, I, I feel that it's really, really important to put over how important my co-hosts are uh, to the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like Solaris does. Well, all let's the start, well, first of all, let's start at the beginning. So yeah. you have a new podcast yes. called Weird Moon Rising. Absolutely. And um the first episode is launching on June uh, 16th, correct? Yes. yes. Yeah, we want to get, we want to be just before the summer solstice. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, we're, we're our first episode lands on June 16th. We have some preseason episodes that are up so you can get to know us, um, the various hosts. Um, mm-hmm. There's myself, uh, Vincere, and Solaris. Right. Um, and I handpicked this team. Um, first off, I didn't want any cis people on the team. <laughs> right. <laughs> not not uh, that I'm, I'm largely joking there. Um, but I wanted to have people who understood a little bit of nuance. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like if you are, if you are any flavor of non-binary or trans, like you understand that there's fluidity in almost everything. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was a big thing. And then I specifically chose these two people because they are, they both follow paths that are wildly different than myself. Um, Vincere is uh, a hedge witch mm-hmm. primarily. Um, so they, um, she focuses on the in-between spaces, liminal spaces between life and death, um, which is awesome. Um, and then Solaris is like a demon alder and a death worker, right? Primarily, um, we should say all three of you are hosts on Hyro as well. Yes, we are. Yeah. Um, and we're not. We're not affiliated with Hyro, but we're not yeah. not affiliated with Hyro. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like we are not a promotional vehicle for Hyro. Yeah. But we are proud of the fact that we are affiliated with Hyro. So we're going to talk about it sometimes mm-hmm. and deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, we just have a variety of voice, voices and Solaris does all the editing and Vin's going to do some graphics for us at some point, I think. Um. Like we all do stuff. I'm the one that's out talking to people and doing the promotion and podcasts like this fucking useless piece of shit. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so are so with your podcast, like when you get into like the full episodes, 
is it just going to be you as host? Um, no, uh, okay. it's going to be, it's like, we're going to be the three of us discussing things and we're like, our first episode is on the weird W Y R D that's mm -hmm. a Norse thing. Um, it has to do with fate and spider webs and shit like that. Yeah. Um, and then we've got another episode, uh, about cultural appropriation that's coming up. That's going to be our second episode. And then we also have interviews um, mm -hmm. that are happening. Um, and some episodes are going to be just, a, you know, the three of us bullshitting about a topic. Uh, some episodes are going to be just an interview. Mm -hmm. And some interview, some episodes will be a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> um, based upon whatever we're feeling, right? Uh, but, like, I'm the primary host. But that's not to say that I'm going to be taking lead on every interview. Right. Um, because sometimes, you know, if, if Vin wants to bring somebody in, well, then that's her interview. Mm -hmm. And I'll be happy to sit in the background and be a chucklehead. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, we've got a pretty good flow between the three of us. Like we, we bounce back and forth. Um, and that's kind of the way we like it. Um. We're also funny as shit. I, like I get so many, I get so many comments on our preseason uh, episodes that we've released, like mini mm -hmm. episodes that we've released. Mm -hmm. but they're very, very funny. Um, so if you want your occultism with a side of fucking around, we're pretty much the place. Perfect. Uh, not that I'm just here to promote my podcast. No, but you are here. You are here to, just to promote your podcast. <laughs> uh, well, because so. Well, I wanted to. I wanted to sit down and have a conversation with you. Yeah, but but you know when I approach people to be on my podcast, you know I basically I, I tell them all the same thing. Like the the whole idea about my podcast is you know it's it's not it's not an interview. Like I'm I'm not hard-hitting question question answer question answer it's really talking about your life from you know that first seminal moment to to today basically um and i and i also say and you know promoting whatever service or, or products um because as a home-based business mm -hmm. i mean i have the benefit i have three really great distributors that um uh buy my products for me and sell to stores so they do that like there's like a little over 400 stores where you can buy my products awesome. I, I wouldn't have been able to go out and get 400 stores on my own you know what i mean so right. they do you know that sort of heavy lifting so i have that benefit but i know how valuable it is to be able to be out there and visible and and talk about my products because I, I'm not going to spend $5,000 on a television commercial right, yeah. here, here in Thunder Bay. And that would just be a waste of money because that like, uh, there's one store here in Thunder Bay, um, one occult store in Thunder Bay that, and they sell my products, but so, you know, like, you know, traditional advertising doesn't work for us occultists no not at all you know and you're not gonna produce a commercial to promote your podcast you know so you are here to promote your podcast like that's why you're here 
Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I am and I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm it, it, it's I, I, I have wanted to spend time with you. Um, well, I, think you're, I think you're a lovely human being. I'm amazing. I we've already established this like I'm yes. such an incredible person, a little insufferable, but fine. Um, <laughs> more than a little insufferable. Like, I mean, I've, I've met myself. Like you know, I, 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 I'm acquainted with myself. Dude, I, I, I have the same problem. Like, I look in the mirror and I go, "God damn, I'm awesome." Mm. So I get it. I understand that particular yeah. problem. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, it, it's, 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 you know, I like, I wanted to come on because I wanted to have a conversation and 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 have the whole thing and yes, promote the podcast, but that's not the whole point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. And, and I really wanted to put over my co-hosts because they're fucking awesome. Um, I wouldn't be able to do this without them. Yeah. Um, like, I'm funny, but I need somebody to bounce off of, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's, just, it's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as a drag queen, you know, a, a big part of, of drag is, is... I did not know you were a drag queen. What? Really? Yeah, really. Oh, oh okay. Um, surprise. Um, Tell me about her. Well, I yeah, I will in a second. Um, but <laughs> so a, a, a part of, of a big part of drag is is comedy. You know, it's not just getting up there and lip syncing to a song and and getting off stage. And I'm fucking funny, but I can't. I'm not a comedian. Like I can't sit down and write jokes. Like I'm only right. me. You know having that interaction with someone or or with an audience like I, I i can't like i'd be sitting down trying to write a joke like a comedian i'd be like knock knock who's there well who the fuck do you think is is here like you <laughs> coming over open up the fucking door yeah. like that's my knock, knock. yeah like ha 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 you know what i mean um you know like why did the chicken cross the road why well who the fuck cares it's a chicken you know, that's that's the, that's as close as I'm going to get to writing a joke. I can't do it. I'm not a comedian. So I need that other person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, you know, um, to to be funny or else I'm just like, I just sound like a dick. Well, not no, not even <laughs> like a dick. Like that would even be good. I just sound like an ass, like a boring, dumb ass. You know, what you're looking for is drawl. Yeah um yeah. no yeah um like I, I i wouldn't i couldn't go somewhere and do like you know you know like comedy clubs do like amateur nights like i couldn't do that sure like, open I, mics I yeah open mics um i i can't sit and write jokes you know i'd have to get up there and start talking with the audience and and hopefully you know they're receptive enough and you know to to have that, that See, I, I, i've i've done I've done open mics um, and they're miserable. There <laughs> is a miserable fucking experience. Yeah. Um, until you get that one joke that kills. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah. But, but, like, what you're talking about is crowd work. Yeah. And crowd work is hard on an open mic because when you show up to an open mic, everybody is initially immediately like this. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's different at a drag show because at a drag show, um, people, people want to be there. 
Well, people want to be there, but people want you to acknowledge them. Yeah. You know, and they, when you're lip syncing, they want you, like, if you look at them and point to them um, as if you're the person they're singing about, like, that's what they want. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. When, when, you, when you're on the mic talking and you want to be funny, um, and, 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 you know, you get, you get the audience involved, like, that's what they want, you know, so they're all in, they're all in. And um, one thing, like, I've, I started doing drag when I was 19, and um, one thing about it, which is, I mean, I'm not going to lie, is friggin' fantastic, is people treat you like you're the superstar. Like yes. Madonna who, you know, <laughs> Beyonce what? Is, is Beyonce like an ice cream flavor? Because I've never heard <laughs> of Lady Gaga. That's tasty. That's Lady Gaga's like a, like a, a soother for a baby like you know what I mean um like I there's do. no there's there's no one there's no other celebrity that exists except for you you know yeah. and and that's amazing um so yeah they they're all in they're all in and you can make fun of them and they just want more you so know like I, the joke could be the joke could be on them and they just more humiliate even more you know i so this is you get a scoop here sean okay no one knows this okay i have a drag persona oh yeah i've performed oh no one knows who i am and i will not talk about her but okay. i have one okay uh so i i totally understand this you're like okay this gimmick. I, i've done eight nine ten nine i don't know how many interviews i've done now and out of all of them but one um they've all like oh you pulled this out of me that i would never have i would never have i've never said this before type thing you know i'm, I'm, I'm not i'm not willing like it's just like so like i said earlier that i'm a huge professional wrestling fan yeah Professional wrestling and drag are the exact same art form. Oh, 100%. 100%. And drag can be just as physical. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I've taken bumps in drag. <laughs> Good God. Performance is performance. It doesn't matter if you're on stage, on a movie set, in a wrestling ring, um, in heels. Performing is performing. It's all the same. It's all the same. It's it's all performance art. It's all the same. It's the same type of personalities. Um, yeah. You know, be those, loud, those, those big, you know, those big six and a half foot tall, 300 pound uh, man wrestlers are every bit of diva as a drag queen. <laughs> we know this. You yeah, know, absolutely. We know this. My drag name is Lady Ecstasy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, um, I enjoy it. Uh, we, like, I, when I was younger, you know, it was, uh, like, it was never, you know, some drag queens are like, this is, this has got to be my career. Like, I, I want to be doing drag, you know, four or five nights a week. That, ugh, I, I, no, you know, no. Uh, it's just a lot of work. I mean, it's hours so of, of getting work. ready. Um but but some drag queens like this is that that's what they want to do, and this is like pre RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, 
Um, that's just, for me, I was young, it was fun, blah, 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 blah. As a older adult, we got the group back together because we're all professionals. We all have our, our, our professional life, like, like our careers. Um, but well, it's, it's just, it's so fun. Like, like we're doing it for fun, but we're, we're taking it a lot more seriously because we understand that, um, like people are spending their hard earned cash to yeah. come to your show. So put on a damn good show. Absolutely. Uh, so we definitely take it a lot more seriously now, but because we're all professionals and we all have our careers, you know, it's not like a, like, Oh, um, like let's make some money. Um, we, we do it like we, like one year we donated something like 10,000 or $12,000 to our local pride organization. Awesome. You know, from, from, um, uh, collecting money at the door, you know, uh, we do food drive where instead of, instead of, a, um, a cover charge, you bring non-perishable food and we donate it to a, a local food pantry. Um, so it's, it's raising money. It's fundraising with, yeah. there's a, there's a memorial scholarship fund that every year we do a, um, uh, like a silent auction and a drag show and stuff like that. So like as adults with careers, it's our motivation for doing drag is different. It's, it's, it's doing, you know, for the community and, you know, being able to do some fundraising and still have some fun. You know what I mean? Cause I do, uh, I do. Cause, cause it's a good time. I mean, it, it's, it's fun performing. I like, I like performing. Like I like, I like public speaking. I like doing workshops and lectures, you know what I mean? So I, I do like, you know, having eyes on me, you know? Um, uh, there was, it was like uh, 2018. This is back when I was still living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, and the Proud Boys were like threatening. They, they, we knew they were coming to Milwaukee and they were threatening uh, a drag queen story hour. Okay. And this was happening in River West. And for those of you who are listening to this um, and know me, you know River West. But for those of you who don't, River West is a tiny community. It's about uh, 10 blocks wide, maybe a mile and a half long. Um, and it is filled with punk rockers, drug addicts, beatniks, and the most anti-fascist motherfuckers walking the planet. Okay. So we were having this drag queen story hour in River West and we heard about we heard the Proud Boys were going to be in Milwaukee. And so we organized and there was just a wall of the biggest punk rockers protecting this drag queen story hour mm. while this beautiful queen is telling children's stories to kids. And I was like, this is the whole point. Yeah. Like this is this is beautiful. Yeah. And like yeah. raised a bunch of money for charity. Um, like just doing the work. Like that's the whole point, right? Yeah. yeah. Um anytime you can you can take something that's fun and enjoyable and, and transgressive, because drag is inherently transgressive, and raise money for something good. Yeah. Like and like 
bless. That's the best yep. thing in the world. Well, but that's all that matters is is doing good and helping people. Like what else is there in life? I don't know. You know. <laughs> you help people that need help. You do your best to do good things, to do good works and you know, you help heal and that's that's life. That's that's that's, that's what you do. That's and that's the core of heathenry too. Yeah. Is 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 looking out for your community and looking out for the people who need a little help. Yeah. And and saying, you know what? I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna be that guy. Mm-hmm. Um and I I I I sincerely wish that more of the people who followed the Norse faith understood that and got it. And we're getting there slowly but surely. But yeah, it's the whole damn thing. Yeah. But you know, you know, be patient with with your heathen brothers and sisters because I don't think it's comes from a lack of desire to help and 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 do good things. No, not at all. I think to be honest, I think a big problem with the magical community and the the pagan community, witchcraft community, like the occult, I'm just, the occult community. Just I'm just gonna lump yeah. it all together. Sure, is because we're kind of like we're we're in a, a Christian world rediscovering paganism. You know, it's it, there. These aren't big monolith groups and and religions and and whatnot um you know so these are living room practices you know our our temple is in our living room type of thing i think that so much of this is pushed indoors um in you know whatever spare space we have that um you know, it amazes me the amount of witches and and Wiccans that are like, oh, I didn't realize it was the full moon. Well, how, <laughs> how do you, like, do you not look outside? You know, I, I, you know, for all the talk of, you know, nature, religion, and one with nature, and da 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 da. There's not a lot of that in in practice because. Mm-hmm. Because these are like living room or, or, or bedroom, these have become living room or bedroom practices. And you can't just, well, I mean, you could go to your local park and draw down the moon or assume a God form or whatever, but people are going to think that you're weird. And in some parts of, you know, especially in, in the States, like in certain parts of the States, that's probably not the smartest thing for a witch to do um you know so definitely not yeah um there's there's not a lot of magic in the field so to speak yeah you know so the idea and you know and especially since blm and all you know you see this all over social media. Oh, witchcraft is all about resistance, blah, blah, blah. It always has been. It always will be blah, blah, blah. Great. But there's, there's more to that than just retweeting 
BLM hashtags. Like you actually need to go out and and do something. Okay. Uh, well, uh, well, hang on. Uh, I agree with you. Um, but sometimes, especially when we were dealing with COVID, some people couldn't get out. No, no, no. Like, no, 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 no. I, I just, I, I, I reference BLM because it, it, when BLM happened, you know, occult Twitter was tripping over each other to be the yep. most, yeah, 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 the most BLM ally. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. Um, but, <laughs> but, just, but like, like even like pre-COVID, like you, you still have to let, go out, like go out and 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 you do magic. You gotta do five. something. You know, like like magic on the fly, magic in the field. Um, uh, David Sal Salisbury, his sure. witch, his witchcraft activism book, so brilliant because he's he's not only a practicing witch, but he's really experienced with with um, organizing and activism. So he blends magic and activism together really well in his book and it's such a brilliant book such a brilliant book i think any everyone should pick up his book witchcraft activism um yeah. because it because it, it really because a lot of people can be like well i'm i'm really not sure how to put the two together effectively <laughs> which is under that's fine yeah. that's understandable yeah. so pick up this book it's 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 great because he's done it you know it, it's 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 written with experience you know I, I i i talk and i preach about the magic of the mundane a lot mm. um which is literally again going back to the first book i picked up was starhawk spiral dance right um the idea that every action you take is potentially magic and I, my practice has taken it to its furthest logical extreme. So everything I do is magic mm. all the time. Right. So when I go to the streets, when I go on a protest or I go to pride or fucking go to the sex club, whatever it is, it is done with intention. Yeah. Um, and there's always an aspect of magic in every action I take. Yeah. I don't. I don't keep an altar. I don't cast spells like witches do. Yeah. I don't, I don't do any of that. I have accoutrement, you know, I have things that I carry that are charged and, and do stuff, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm not wearing any of them because I'm on camera. Um, and like, that's a part of my practice, but it's not even a little bit the important part the important yeah. part is what i do in my life yeah and I, I think that anybody who's listening to this um if if you're going to take any fuck the fuck the promotion of weirdcast and all that stuff if you're going to take anything from this podcast and anything from anything i say today make your intention and your life, your magic. Mm. You don't need the spells. What you need yeah. is to be the best version of yourself and try and make 
try and help other people to be the best version of themselves. Yeah. Because in doing so, you are putting more magic into the world than you could possibly know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, pause? I hear, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, I also want to say that uh, if if the ritual and the accoutrement are the things that work for you, please do them. Use it. Absolutely. Um, like my path is not your path. Um, and how I do magic is not represent certainly not representational of anybody else. Yeah. Um, you know, I like uh, my apprentice Viv, uh, who is just the coolest. Um, like I'm, I'm trying to teach them the magic of the mundane and, and, and get there. Mm-hmm. But if at any point Viv decides that they don't want to do that and they want to keep doing the ceremonial stuff and the, the ritualistic stuff, great. Yeah. What I would ultimately, the point is for them to understand how to do this thing. And if they decide that's not working for them, then whatever, fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, that's the deal, right? Like, I, like some people are, are, are casual practitioners. Um, some people are, um, magic is in every aspect of their life practitioners. And then there's a wide spectrum in between, right? Um, and whatever works for somebody works for them. Yeah. And I'm not going to poo-poo it either way. But, but you can't. I mean, no one no one can poo-poo someone else's practice just because it's... I mean, I know people do, but... <laughs> but, but I mean, why waste the energy, though? Yeah. On, on criticizing someone's practice just because it's not the same as yours. I mean, I'm, but, but the thing is I'm too busy doing the work to really right. worry about what you're doing in yours. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do indeed. Yeah. There are, there are times where I'll get pissy at somebody about something, but it's usually because they've told somebody else that their shit isn't valid. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, well, I'm not punching down anymore. Fuck this guy. Yeah, yeah. No, that's different. No, you, you know, definitely, you know, those people call them out. That that's for sure. Um, but don't be that guy. Right. Yeah. Don't you know? be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, now I I I do take exception to, you know, someone that's like, oh. Um, oh, I don't know. I, I, I want to think of something like really ridiculous, um, that I've, I've seen. Have you seen, have you seen the guy that's on Twitter right now? Who's like, uh, magic is inherent. He's a, I think he's a solemn, uh, a Salamnic order person. He's like, magic is inherently patriarchal and women shouldn't be doing magic. And he's like, he's getting into the, the the twitter feeds of like a bunch of like female bodied people (laughs) and every single one of them like from viv to aura to whoever they are all just fucking dunking on this guy Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's the funniest thing in the world i mean it's like 
but it's stupidity like that that deserves to get called out like that doesn't even make, that doesn't even make any sense you know um that like that there that just doesn't even make any sense like there's not even you you can't even you know even give any sort of rhetoric that could remotely sound like that has any basis in reality <laughs> you know like that's just you know like the the best talker couldn't make that sound logical well i could but mm. i wouldn't you couldn't that's just it's just it's just too ridiculous try me Mm-mm. um but but that's but the, okay you have a fair point though in that unless it has some basis in reality it's never going to sound convincing yeah no matter how good you are so yeah. you are not wrong yeah 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 no those people are fine to call out you know you can you can spend energy on you know idiocy like that but you know to to purposely go out of your way to criticize and try to devalue someone else's practice just because it's different from yours makes absolutely no sense to me but i mean i'm also talking as a gay man who's a drag queen and a pagan like i i don't fit in so many boxes um uh of of you know normal accepted society that i can hardly in turn treat other people like that you know yeah no and and, you know i I, i've spoken about this many times in higher office hours in that generally speaking i find that queer folk understand um the shit they should be stepping in and the shit they shouldn't yeah as opposed to, uh, you know, cishet folk. Um, yeah. And that's not... Although with that being folk. said, with that being said, you kind of have to throw in the white mask for mask homos yes. in with... Yes, yes. Because yes. they're just problematic and they've never done anything good for the community anyway. So <laughs> you know, we, we will just throw them in with the cishets. <laughs> here's the bus get under it yeah um i don't i don't disagree though by the way yeah um it's 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 oh man i don't really want to get into gay politics here uh but it's (laughs) there's especially amongst the trans community there is definitely a feeling like um, like the gays have left us behind. Like, oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. but the thing is, is that you also have to understand, you know, the history of the LGBT community because this, it's not an organic community. Not at all. Because I have less in common with a lesbian than I do with a straight woman. (laughs) Yes. 
you know. Um, the LGBT community was created by the, the greater cishet community. Right. And so we, you know, gay men, lesbians, bisexuals, transgender, intersex, like they were all shoved into one box of depravity. We're basically a pigeon. And, and like, just you're, you're now in this box, just go over here, like just right. be away from us. So on the one hand, you know, there is that, that solidarity where we need to stick together, of course, but on the other hand is like, are we really a unified community because just like we're a community well first of all and i mean the the thing too is that a trans person can be gay lesbian or straight or bi right. or poly you know what i mean um you know where you, you have gay lesbian bi which are sexual orientations and then you have trans which is like gender identity and those are two separate things but they were still shoved together in that one box of depravity by the, the larger community. So, <laughs> so, so, you know, I think we've been, we've been, we've been a community for so long that yes, we need to stick together and look out for one another for sure. Absolutely. But on the other hand is are like, are we naturally a unified group? I, I, I don't I it's that yeah it's tough you know like I have um um transgender friends that have like fully transitioned and have remained in the LGBT community even though they're like say male to female so as a female they would classify themselves as straight, but they're still yes. part of the LGBT community. I have uh, trans friends that, and again, let's say like um, male to female. So while they were growing up thinking that they were gay men, and then, you know, they discover they're transgendered, they go through, they fully transition, so they're now a female, a straight female, and they completely leave the LGBT community and they live their lives as a straight woman. Right. You no. Know? So you can't even, you can't even talk about transgender people as one unified monolithic group. Well, and especially because, and I think this is really, really important because um, you're talking about complete transitions, which is, not a thing that is real let's just put that out there i understand that you're using it as a shorthand um but like uh, i i so i i'm not sure what you mean by that's not a real thing like i'm talking about like a male to female who gets top surgery and bottom surgery sure you know so they so that they fully transitioned that's an actual and that's thing. yeah and I, I i knew what you were getting at i i i'm 
I'm not trying to denigrate you or, or, or no, no, I just don't understand what you mean. Like it, you saying that's not a real thing. Well, because they're going to be, they're, they're going to be on HRT probably the rest of their lives regardless. Yeah. But that's um, not, so. but, but fully transition is when they have top and bottom surgery, you know, like, but now I'm not an expert on this admittedly. Okay. As a non-binary. So I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to push it further. Yeah. But no, like, but like transgender people, like when they when they have their top and bottom surgery, they call themselves like they. I don't want to say classify. They describe themselves as as fully transitioned. You know what some I mean? Some do, yes. No, I, well, some do. I'm just talking about the ones that have fully transitioned. You know what I mean? I do. I do. Yeah. So and and they so they can they can like like I said, some stay within the community, some don't. So, you know, so it's hard to, 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 it's not an easy uh, unified community because, you know, we're all different. And this brings me to the point of when we go back to talking about um, fascists in heathenry in that there's, this one piece of the group that can be easily sliced off mm. and everybody else goes, Oh, okay. And so that's why, like, that's why I focus so much of my energy on the trans side of things because it is easy for um, turfs and gender criticals and things of that nature to try and separate the T from the LGBT. And I don't disagree with the fact that uh, we are, we are constructed artificially as yeah. a community. I, I fully agree with that. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't, I, it's the thing that sticks with me is that even though that is true, you know, pride and all of these things were founded by, a lot of it was founded by, um, you know, black trans women. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so it's like, when I see, I guess what I'm saying is, when I see that like, um, the gays and lesbians have gotten the stuff that they wanted and mm -hmm. are like abandoning yeah. our trans yeah. fellows. All I feel is disappointment. Yeah. Because, you know, everybody should be like, until there's, until we're all there, none, of, just, us none of us are, because yeah. they're just going to keep no. sectioning us off. Oh, absolutely. And us. Absolutely. And I mean, we've been, we've been a community for so long that, um, I like we need to stay a community. Like we can't start, you know, um, slicing off bits and pieces of the community. I mean, bottom line, it, it, like all the weirdos and all the others are my community. I don't care what you are. You know what I mean? You're my community. Um, it's just be. It's hard to relate. Yeah, it, 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 you know, like pride obviously was was co-opted by primarily white gay men you know right. yeah so it, it's no surprise that as 
um, you know, that white gay men are, are fighting for their rights as opposed to, I mean, it's sounding like community rights, but really at the end of the day, not really, you know. Um, And by co-opting pride. They've othered the others. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, this community loves othering others. (laughs) Loves it, absolutely loves it. You know, so it's, it's, um, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a challenge. You know, it really, it really is. It's, it's, it's a thing. And like, I feel like, so we've seen, what is it? 20, 21 states that are now pushing anti-transgender bills. Mm -hmm. Some that have passed. And we saw this we saw this in the 80s and 90s when people were really 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 when the conservatives were really pushing hard against gay rights yeah um so i feel like uh the trans community is finally having its moment yeah even though it's going to be hard this is a tower moment for us and It, it it just feels so fucking miserable for so many of us. You know, I, I look at all my, my trans friends and they're just, they're miserable about this shit because like, it's going to be illegal for them to be them. They're, they're doing genital checks on kids. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I know that the vast majority of the the alphabet mafia is with us yeah but it's the ones that have abandoned us that i'm just like those ones hurt the most yeah you know like you got yours and and you're the fuck out yeah and and again just like like in politics those ones you know they're the more extreme in in the community they're the ones that have the loudest voices right you know um so it, it just makes the work even that much harder. Like when you have um, gay men and lesbians that are anti-trans, they get the most attention. They get more attention than cishet turfs. Yeah. You know, because Absolutely. It, it's because it's almost like it, it's it's really validating um, that trans people aren't real or aren't legitimate because if even the gay community isn't accepting them um then why should the broader community and right and it gets weaponized against us exactly exactly you know exactly and you know look at you look fuck there are even there are even trans people who are like the trans shouldn't be part of the lgbt community like look at buck angel like what a piece of shit buck angel is look at look at caitlin jenner in an interview because now she wants to be governor of california and she doesn't think um trans kids should is a thing right i'm like i'm like I'm, i'm sorry not everyone can wait until they're 70 years old like you to transition right you know yes and and this is the distinction. Uh, 
I love that you did not misgender Caitlyn because well, a lot of people, a lot of people would do that. But like, why, why would I call her something that she's not? Exactly. Just because, just because I don't like her position on trans kids doesn't mean I'm going to start calling her Bruce and him, <laughs> exactly. you know, like that's just pathetic. That doesn't help. It helps nobody. No. Like that doesn't help my position on on um, trans rights, right? You know, I'm doing more work for the turfs if I'm gonna misgender Caitlyn just because I don't like her politics and right. I, just because I don't like her position on on um, trans kids. There's worse things I can say about <laughs> her because of her shit politics. Absolutely. You know I, mean? I do. Uh, I, I, but I, I definitely saw like takes from the left when she started running for governor uh, that were like misgendering her and dead naming her. And I was like, what? The I fuck? know. I know. And like, like it's, it's not going to do anyone any. The only people that's benefiting are the turfs. Right. That the only people that's benefiting are the politicians that are passing anti-trans laws because they're seeing everyone in the LGBT LGBT community misgendering her. And thinking it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Because the LGBT community is doing it. They're delegitimizing trans people. So these laws are valid. Right. You know, Caitlin's a woman. Caitlin's always been a woman. Caitlin was born a woman. She's I a shit this. woman. <laughs> She's just a shit woman. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I'm not gonna in- invalidate her gender. It's it's but th- I mean that's that's one of the, it, it, it gets so weird when you start getting into the gender stuff. And I get it, uh, especially uh for the cis, like. You don't understand it, especially like looking at me like, yo, I'm non-binary. Look at me. I have a huge beard. I I was born a male. I mean, we we, <laughs> like, we need to be more tolerant of people that don't get it. People that don't live in our world. There are people that grow up in very, very isolated absolutely. communities that where this is not a topic of conversation it's not a normal thing it's hard for them to grasp um and we didn't even have the language for things like non-binary until five or ten years ago really yeah honestly um you know when someone accidentally um you know i see a lot of people on twitter if you misgender me that's your one and only chance but if, if someone doesn't know you, they're not going to know that you're non-binary right. by looking at you. You, you guys don't, ha- the, the government doesn't hold you down and tattoo non-binary on your forehead. You know what I mean? Like it, a stranger, you're presenting, you know, like what anyone would think is a, a traditional woman, hair, makeup, dress, breasts, da, 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 da. A stranger isn't going to, oh, well, that they're obviously non-binary. Now, people make the argument, well, you should just not use any sort of gender um, pronouns, and period. If that's a valid point, that's fine. So let's take 
gendered pronouns away completely. They're they're now like, let's not make them part of our language. That's fine. But again, there's people that that didn't grow up in our world and they don't quite get what that means. You know what I mean? We have to be more patient with like the, the people that genuinely don't understand, but and need to be educated. I'm not talking about just the ignorant people that just don't give a shit and and push back just for the sake of pushing back or because they're hateful people. Like they can go to hell. But yeah, the, fuck people, the people that don't live in our world that grew up in in like a town population 300 in the middle of nowhere, um, you know, and, and they're 65 years old they don't get it and that's okay that they don't get it so instead of attacking them and making making giving them the impression that everyone who they're supposed to respect are actually assholes because no one's speaking to them on twitter nicely (laughs) exactly yes be nice educate them move on so two things. One, briefly, you misgendered me in the pre-conversation, uh, and I didn't say shit about it. And I, that's I probably fine. did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's fine, because I, yeah. I, I, I knew that you were not doing it maliciously, yeah. so I just let it be, yeah. right? The other thing, so I was in a Discord server recently, and somebody asked a genuine question about gender identity and stuff. And I was like, I was, it's like three in the morning. I'm literally the only like pseudo trans person there. And I'm like, okay, I will have this conversation with you because I feel like it has been entered in good faith. Yeah. Like you're clearly, you're just asking and you're not like devil's advocating. Like you just want to know some stuff. Yeah. And so I'm talking to this kid and I'm like, walking him through you know like the bits and then people started getting involved and i was like well we're off the we're off the track now yeah so i and i got mad i was like yo i was clearly doing you know like this is a rhetorical like i'm doing socrates here like yeah yeah chill out yeah and i eventually went into the dm into a dm with the kid and we we had a conversation about it and he seemed to understand i think yeah. at the end yeah but like i had a bunch of people who were mad at me because i pulled them into a dm even though they hadn't read back in the conversation and they were all cis yeah and i was like you don't get to be mad about me yeah like you don't get to be mad about this like fuck off no oh, i know i know and, and like just because there are there are a lot of people who don't understand. Yeah. And hopefully you would hope that when people ask those questions, and I know that trans people are so tired of answering these questions. That's fine. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I have the patience for it. I will happily engage these people. Yeah. And for my trans fam, and if you don't have the, the, the spoons to do that, fair enough. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. But like, 
if somebody enters the conversation in good faith, I'm going to engage them. I Absolutely. want to have that conversation. Absolutely. You know, because th that's the person that you want to engage with and, and get them get them to understand so they're on our side, you know? And if you attack them, how dare you ask that question? You're, you're transphobic for asking that question. <laughs> they're gonna become hostile to trans people. And, and, and I, and I know, get or, or how dare you ask that question? That's, it's, you're homophobic for asking what, yes. what gay men are like. Right. Well, he's going to become hostile and he's going to become homophobic because he's right, going right. to think every gay man is going to attack him anytime he asks a genuine question, you know? Right. So I think people need to, people, but again, social media is not, I, I'm sure um, Mark Zuckerberg, um, another rich guy that needs to, <laughs> needs to pay his taxes. Um, after paying his taxes, then he could die. We'll bury him side by side with Jeff Bezos. Um, I'm sure Zucky, Data's little brother, um, generally thought he was he was going to create a website for great conversation. Um, have you have you seen uh, the social network? Do you, do you understand Facebook was designed to rate women on their hotness originally? Oh, okay. No. Oh, no, it's still bad. It's so oh. bad. But anyways, like I'm sure, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure a lot of these social media sites started out with good intentions. Like this is going to be a great place where people can communicate and, and converse, da, 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 da. But you can't have intelligent conversations on like it's hard. any subject and any time of day, any question, nothing. You're going to just get dicks, you know, you know and they uh, just uh, come in and just spoil everything. So when I, I, oh, I really hold on, hold on, hold on. I need, I, I need to pause recording. Cool. I'll take a call. There we go. And we're back. Yay. Yay. So, uh, I just want to say real quick because I know we're running we're running long here. Um, when Which I great, I like the long ones. Cool. Um, when I started like really seriously questioning my gender um, uh, uh, a couple of years ago, what I what I did quietly is I started following like prominent trans people on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And just kind of listening and commenting a little bit, but trying not to interject myself too much. Um, and I made a lot of friends that way. Yeah. Um, because they were like, oh, here's this weird, beardy dude <laughs> who's like, like engaging with us in a nice way, I, I guess. Well, we'll like, yeah, okay. Um, and then, like, when my egg finally cracked and I realized when I figured out that I was non-binary, they were all like, yay! Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because I can't... It, it, to me, it's weird to say, like, for me to identify myself as a man just because I'm... I, I mean, I'm not um, really... 
like queeny, uh, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm a drag queen. I'm more femme than I am masculine, but I, I, but I consider myself male, like a guy, like I'm, I'm not non-binary. I wouldn't even put myself on like a sliding scale of, well, I'm a little bit non-binary. No, like, I mean, like- the, And that's the, that's the weird fucking part about it, right? The, the, the drag queen is just a perform. I was just gonna say a performance persona, which she is, but she, but that character, air quotes, um, is also like a part of me, yeah. you know, uh, a part of my personality. Um, so they're not 100% separated, but, you know, just because I'm femme and a drag queen, I'm not non-binary. I'm a right. guy, you know, right. I'm not Absolutely. a dude. Um, I'm not a man, but I'm not, you know, I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't even, I, I, like, like I said, like a, like a sliding scale, I wouldn't even put myself down the line a little bit it's 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 look and uh, okay hmm being non-binary is fucking weird especially as a mask presenting uh assigned male at birth non-binary yeah. like when i tell people i'm non-binary they fucking do not sell this they're like no you're not yeah and AMAB non-binaries are fucking invisible. Like in, in the trans population, in the non-binary population, we are looked at as really? You're the bisexual. You're not faking this? Yeah, you're the, we you're, are. You're the bisexuals of gender identity. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, you're not really bi. You just haven't quite figured it out yet. <laughs> you're having a phase. Yeah. You're experimenting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it's, it, that's a whole, that's a whole ass thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm about ready to wrap this up. Let's do, let's get my uh, shit out of the way here that I was playing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, okay. So um, where can everyone that's listening find you? Um, you're on Twitter. Yep. I am at Wade Odinson. Perfect. And um, uh, Weird Moon Rising podcast. Um, tell the listeners again uh, where they can get it. Uh, currently, we're on Spotify and SoundCloud. And hopefully within uh, by June 16th, we should be on Apple and uh, Google Podcasts. Perfect. Um, and um, Weird Moon Rising podcast is also on Twitter. Um, the handle at, is at Weirdcast. Yeah, W-Y-R-D. Yeah, W-Y-R-D, Weirdcast. Yeah. Um, and that's that's all going to be in the show notes. So everyone can go into the show notes and, uh, and find your podcast and uh, follow your podcast and yourself on, um, on Twitter as well so um there's a couple other things mm -hmm. yeah. um on hyro soon we haven't quite nailed it down okay but i'm gonna be doing monthly ticketed 
uh, courses on the runes. Oh, well, that's exciting. Um, and I think that'll be, yeah, I think that'll be really fun. Uh, we'll probably do run one rune a month. Okay. Two, okay. So that we can really dive into uh, the rune poems and the meaning and how you can use them in magic and divination. How many runes are there? Uh, <laughs> uh, that is a question for many scholars. Um, I use uh, I use the Elder Fuck arc. Right. Um, so mine are uh, twenty four to twenty six, depending on who you ask. So um, you, I, I would think you'd want to do more like two or three runes a month. Well, I would like it to be a year long course. Is the idea? Yeah, yeah. So two, two a month is about where I would want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it sort of depends on. Um, I haven't really like laid out course structure too much yet. Right, right, um, right. You know, I'd like to keep those classes to about an hour. Yeah. Um, and um you know there may or may not be homework we'll see yeah um obviously this is i'm i'm contractually obligated to say that this is for entertainment purposes only uh but yeah if you want to learn the runes and i know a lot of people want to learn the runes that we're going to be doing that through hyro um and i think it's going to be done in such a way that you don't have to be a hyro member to take these classes oh okay okay but you should be a hyro member because then you, you absolutely learn. should be a hyro member i i i just can't believe how much goes on the events on hyro daily events so much going on it's so so worth signing up for absolutely. i'm i'm there i'm there almost every friday night yeah hosting office hours so if you thought i was funny or interesting and you want to interact with me come to hyro it's gonna be awesome. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm also, yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Um, I've I've met lifelong friends there. I met my Bond brother there. Like, it it it's it's wonderful. I met you there yeah. for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah. And that was worth the price of admission alone. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm also working on a book. Oh, I totally forgot to ask you about that because. I've only seen you reference that once, and that was just like two days ago, maybe in I'm, a I'm, really in a really small tweet. Yeah, so, I've been kind of quiet about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how far along are you on the book? Um, at this point, I'm about fifty five hundred words. Okay. Okay. I do about I do about five hundred words a day. Okay. Um, I'm trying to keep it slow and steady, but I don't expect this to be a long book. It's probably going to be like a folio, maybe, okay. maybe a hundred pages. Okay. Because the book is on the weird W Y R D. Yeah. And there is very little writing about it. Once you understand the weird is easy. Mm-hmm. The bibliography is going to be the hard part because there's no, there's very little historical pre-written stuff about the weird. Right. It's right. just a thing that you kind of piece together as you learn the Nordic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there are some books that have been written recently that use the weird and talk about the weird in ways. And I'm going to check those out pretty soon. 
and see if they're usable for the bibliography or for my own. I have a couple. I have a couple of books from written by Brian Bates, and one is written like. Oh, I need to pause. Hold on. I need <laughs> Heard to find this book. Hold. Okay, I found it. I thought I was going to have to stop and then just tell you that I'm like, I'll find it later. I, I thought <laughs> I was going to have to go. Um, I had to um, uh, create a, a library catalog on my computer <laughs> because, well, it got to the point where I was buying books that I already owned and I didn't know. So I didn't know what section of my library I had this book in. So I'm like, I, I, I can't see the book. I'm going to have to go into my library catalog to find it. Uh, the Way of Weird by Brian Bates. I so, know. Familiar. Okay. Have you read it? Uh, no. Okay. So um, sent on a mission deep into the force of pagan Anglo-Saxon England, Wat Brand, a Christian scribe. Because it's fiction, right? What? It's fiction, right? It's fiction. Yeah. Suddenly finds his vision of the world turned upside down. The familiar English countryside is not what it seems. Threatening spirits, birds of omen, and plants of power lurk in this landscape of fallen terrors and mysterious forces. With Wolf, a sorcerer and mystic as his guide, Brand is instructed in the magical lore of plants, runes, fate, and the life force until he finally journeys to the spirit world on a quest to encounter the true nature of his own soul. So what's great about this book is it's in that don't shake your head like that if you haven't read the book. But basically, this book, he wrote it in the tradition of occult books of putting like teachings in a fiction format. Okay, fair enough. Um, just like Alistair Crowley did, Gerald Gardner, Dion Fortune. Um, and it's really good. Um, it's very... Um, shamanistic ah and anyways yeah so i just thought i'd I, just... I i might check it out we'll see yeah yeah and i mean it's 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 a good story like just for entertainment purposes like if you're looking for like a like a just like a book of on a fiction um it's it's a good read but it's it's basically like you know um a, a, a knowledge teaching couched in in fiction I don't hate that idea. And like, I, us, fact, like us, like us occultists like to do. I mean, you yeah. read like Dion Fortune's um, her novels, and it's like you can put together an entire workable magical system because um, that's what she did. She took her her magic and she wrote it out in in fiction format. Right. Yeah. And I have no, I have no problems with that as a thing. Um, yeah. In fact, I think it's very clever. Yeah. Um, and 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 you know, we both come from oral traditions, so yeah. teaching things through stories is, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's part and, of the gig, right? Yeah, and that's that was part of the the uh, appeal for me, just because I that resonates with my with my druid soul. <laughs> yeah. So good for you on the book. That's exciting. Well, I will see if it ever actually comes to fruition or if I die on the vine. Yeah. Um, the bibliography is going to be the hard part. Um, but 
Um, I mean, worst case scenario, maybe I just don't have one and just rely on name value, um, which I don't really want to do. Um, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, because there, there, there's like, what I would like is I would like to have something out there for people who are interested in investigating the weird. Mm-hmm. That is like a starting point. Yeah. Um, you know, something that is concise and to the point and, and explains why the thing is the thing. Yeah. You know, the play is the thing, right? Um, but it's hard. It's hard. It's a hard concept and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's an obscure one. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. It'll come together. <laughs> come together. I believe in me. Yeah. There you go. We all believe in you. We all I know. Believe in you. I know. I know. I'm the best. Absolutely. <laughs> best after me. Well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my friend. So thank you for coming on my little podcast i really appreciate it yeah sean thank you for uh taking time out of your day and thank you for having me on oh absolutely i love i'm having so much fun doing this podcast i love it i i think we had a really fun conversation i didn't even realize that we were three and a half hours in um like we're we're pushing four hours we're pushing we're pushing four i don't want to talk about it but like you're a hoot to talk to um so yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So again, for the listeners and the, the viewers, um, all of that information um, is in the show notes um, about the, the podcast, uh, the Weird Moon, Rise, Moon Rising podcast and where to find you um, on Twitter, your Twitter handle and all that. So everyone could go into the show notes and uh, check that out. And uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Lux Files. And I'll see you guys later. Peace out, bitch.